Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome. On this Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2023, sports show starts now. Love! This is what it's all about, isn't it? Hell yeah. We normally say football, but love is what today is all about because it is Valentine's Day, and we hope that you are celebrating appropriately with your loved ones. Hell yeah. Now, some people say Valentine's Day is a fake holiday made up by Hallmark so that people are forced to buy cards and other things. I think that that could be true, but it's also a beautiful day to show a little bit of effort. Mm -hmm. That's all your significant other is looking for, more specifically, the male to the female. Show a little bit of effort to say, you know what, on this February 14th, on this particular Tuesday, I love you. Thanks for everything. Shout out to my wife, obviously, uh, because roses are red, violets are blue, and ever since she became preggers, she seems to toot. And everything she does is fantastic and magical, and today is just another day where I can say, hey, Sam, I love you. You're a badass. To all the significant others of everybody else in this particular uh, office and company, thank you all so much for all your commitment, dedication, and sacrifice so that we can continue to do what we do. And happy Valentine's Day to all. Now, with that being said, today's a huge day. Huge. Super Bowl champions are joining us in the first hour. Orlando Brown obviously left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. The man to put the tweet out that said zero sacks, put it on a fucking t-shirt. He'll be joining us in about five minutes or so. Also, Brett Veach, the general manager, the person that put together the Kansas City Chiefs team, gave Patrick Mahomes a 10-year deal and has been able to manipulate the salary cap in a beautiful fashion that they have the seventh youngest team in the NFL. They just won a Super Bowl. Brett Veach, former football dog, will be joining us in about 26 minutes. And then, obviously, at 1.05 Eastern Standard Time, one hour ahead of time, Aaron Rodgers will be be joining us now. Ian Rappaport reported that he was going into darkness yesterday. Mm. Our source says told us that he wasn't going into the darkness until Thursday and that Aaron Rodgers Tuesday was on, which is why we are even having a show today. We're supposed to be off today all the way through this week and next week. Some of the boys already left for some of their trips. Some of us are still around. We cannot thank you enough for joining us. Joining me on the stage today at the Toxic Table at Boston Connor, who looks amazing and the 12-year NFL vet, Mud. player coach, Mud. Super Bowl champion, Mud. in the trenches host, Mud. which we will be running today. Ladies and gentlemen, AQ ship. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, good to see you. AQ was half asleep for the last three hours, so uh-huh. we really thought he would suck for today's show. I'm Let's back. go is great news. Good to see you. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Hey, and obviously Ty is already on his trip. We appreciate Ty for everything he's done this year. This is not his fault at all. This show has been added because our guy Aaron is coming on one, one last time before he goes in the darkness on Thursday. Uh-oh. Excited to see where his head is at and see what he's thinking. And joining us now, sitting at the Hammer Don Cowboy desk. The only person in the Hammer Don program that has ever ridden a horse. Whoa. He said, you're calling all these guys cowboys. I'm the only fucker that's ever rode a horse. Ladies Jeez. and gentlemen, Mitt. Yeah. Attaboy, Mitt. Attaboy, Mitt. Attaboy, Mitt. Yeah. Woo. Never let him forget. Hey, you looking... You look real good, yeah, dude. natural. Thank you. I love this hat, actually. I think I might get me some one. Yeah, so get you some. Yeah, absolutely do that. That's Tone Diggs' cap that she's put on your head? Yeah, it does not fit at all. It's pretty loose, but uh, I look pretty good. Tone's got a big dome. He does. Obviously, has a bigger family now. It's growing. He's on his trip. We can't, We will miss Tone, and I will miss the boys. In the back, we got Zito running point back there for baby Foxy. And a baby Zito. And then Frank Moraldo's back there on the ones and twos. Bruce Brown is here, as is Bill. We can't thank everybody enough 
enough for allowing us to do this every single day. Last show before break, Connor. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, usually you think about this day, and it really does suck because it, it kind of signifies, hey, we don't have football for another 205 days. And so we know now. Is that how many days it that's is? That's how many days there are. And now we know, too, at least we get to talk to Aaron. You know, that's a very nice surprise because last year we had the Brock Lesnar on the Monday show where those, you know, headphones were hanging from the Raptors. I still think they are, even though we're not in that building. But, yeah, you know, it's nice. It's been a good season. Chiefs, it was a great Super Bowl. But it, it's a bummer. It's going to be a There's a little offseason sadness, too. Absolutely. Every single year, even yesterday. Like, it's awesome to react to the Super Bowl, but while you're watching it, it's like, oh shit, okay, this is this is the last one. It's very bittersweet. Two minutes left in that game. Bingo. Hey, there's two minutes left in the NFL season right it's like, now. Like, oh fuck. Wake up. What are yeah. we doing? Let's enjoy every single moment. And then the holding call happens. AQ Shipley, 12-year NFL vet, coach, and obviously player, Super Bowl champion. Haven't got your take on that yet. Can't make that call, right? Can't make that call. You cannot make that call. Got a lot of football purists telling us that we're wrong that for even saying it. Oh, you want these I reps know. to make calls, but then you don't want them to make the call. It's like, well, they didn't make the call all, all game. game. That's the whole thing, right? Like, if that was called all game long, cool, make the call. But, like, when it – I think that was the first defensive holding call. All in game. The, all game. Yes. And there was a blatant pass interference. They let Juju get away with early in the game, right? I think it was – I forget who it was, but Juju got up, like, looking around. Bradbury. The Bradbury. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same guy. But they didn't call that, so that just said right there, boom. Where boys are playing. We're yeah. going today. Yeah. I just think you're on the record of stating that. I'm on the record stating that. AJ's on the record stating that. Most people are on TJ Lang, though, says we're all wrong. That's right. Unless you got to call the rules the way they are. TJ, don't be a fucking mark, dude. Come on, TJ. TJ, you know it. TJ. Classic he, Red Wings fan. Like, and Bradbury came out and said, I held him a little bit, but I thought they were going to let it ride because they had been letting it ride all the time. I think our biggest issue is that with the way the year has gone with the officiating, that can't be how the fucking Super Bowl yeah. ends. 113 million uh, average for the NFL. Peaked at like 130-some, I think. Yeah. I don't know if that stat was given out yet. We just kind of made that up probably. But congrats to the NFL. 113 awesome. million people huge. watching something. is huge. huge. That will obviously catapult into a top 10 most watched program of all time. Oh, yeah. I think it was the highest rated Super Bowl in like six years or something like that. Mm -hmm. The NFL continues to be ratings king. They continue to do well. Uh, halftime show, 119. Hey, Rihanna was good. That's Riri. Mm -hmm. Rihanna was good. Pregnant, I, too. She's pregnant, yeah. I know. Pretty cool. As somebody that will never be pregnant, massive respect yeah. for the fact that Rihanna was able to perform yeah. at that height. Mm -hmm. With just how much is going, because I'm experiencing it with my wife now. You obviously have numerous babies, uh, so you've gone through the pregnancy thing. It is wild. Wild. Pregnancy is absurd. The way the body is changing and moving, organs are getting peace up here. They're, your stomach is lifting up over here. Yeah. This is moving over here. The, just, the potential of like getting tired very easily because your lungs, things are sitting on your lungs. Yep. So her being able to do that concert while pregnant, massive respect. Thought we were going to have a guest. Definitely. I think a lot of people did, right? Yeah. Jay-Z, I think everyone thought, right? We yeah. are. Yeah, I say, we we, who's going to run this town and not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And if they didn't play any Kanye songs, we'd be like, okay, fine. They're steering away from that. But they did. And so instead of, you know, just playing those songs, letting them go, why don't we bring out somebody like Paul McCartney 
as well. Sir Paul McCartney was out there. Yes, and they have a song together. Anyways, let's move on to some breaking news for today before we get Orlando Brown on the horn. Uh, Shane Steichen is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. We got our guy. Yo, Shane-o. I saw a video of him talking to the boys in a team meeting or uh, the night before a game, and he had been taking over play calling duties, I think, since week five last year, and he did not get a lot of credit for that publicly. I did oh. not know that literally until like yesterday when Ian Rapport told us that. Everybody assumed, myself included, that Sirianni was the mastermind behind that offense. Steichen has been the guy that has taken Jalen Hurts from where he was to where he is and what that team was able to accomplish. Obviously, they were the first team in the history of the NFL to score 35 points in a Super Bowl and lose. Jalen throws for 300, runs for another two touchdowns. I mean, that offense, very efficient, very talented. And in a team meeting, I saw Shane Steichen say, it fucking starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So he says the word fuck. I love this guy. Huge. I love his energy. I love his resume. I love his success. And I love what we're going to do here in Indianapolis. It was tw- plus 25,000 yesterday for the Colts winning the Super Bowl. It is now plus 20,000. I put a quick 500 on there so I can cash out 100 grand next Super Bowl when the Colts go on a run. AQ, how big of a difference is this, pal? This is huge. I just hope that the offensive line that we saw a couple years ago is back. I think that's the biggest thing right now, right? Like, we, we sat there. And we watched this group that was extremely highly paid, right? And we we were like, okay, nice. this is going to be the group. This is going to be the group. And they weren't good this year. No, they were bad. They, they were, were bad. bad. They were a bad group. So one game they... was dead. Run Offensive game. line was dead. Mm-hmm. The offense seemed to be completely ineffective. Coach gets fired very early in the year. Jeff Saturday comes in. It was a clusterfuck in the Indianapolis Colts. They had the fifth best odds in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl last year. Mm. They ended up, now they're the third worst odds in the NFL to win a Super Bowl. Good. It's amazing what one year can do. But now it seems like we got a guy who's a dog, and I love that. Yeah, especially after targeting Darius Leonard, right? Because like that, that whole conversation kind of went like, hey, yeah, sometimes there would be a standard that some people would have, and then there would be a different standard that, you know, kind of the players thought they were operating at. And, and when you watch that Steichen, little tidbit from the locker room, him talking to the offense, it seemed like he is a, hey, motherfucker, like, let's go and play. There's that five to ten second, you know. Muted. Muted, where it's just like, oh, okay, this guy's just motherfucking people in there then, because that's the only reason they were muted. So I think it's a massive win for the Colts. And then, you know, with that fourth overall pick, hopefully you draft a quarterback that doesn't play with you know cinder blocks his feet like Matt Ryan right. last year and then okay. you, don't, you know don't you have a guy anybody. for the future though I mean you're not you're not changing every single goddamn year to a new dude new play caller and all that every shit. mock draft which means absolutely nothing has us taking a quarterback at four mm-hmm. I assume CJ Stroud's going to be available and if you look at CJ Stroud and you look at what Jalen Hurts was able to accomplish with strike and you think to yourself maybe there yeah Hendon Hooker though might be a good you know what I mean? The Colts have a lot of positions that we need some help in. Exactly. Trade that four, probably get a lot of pieces. You could potentially pick up Hendon Hooker, yeah. 6'4", who can run and throw, and maybe the second round. Yeah, and there's a team that your head coach just came from that has two first-round picks that, you know, maybe you just swap that four for the 10 and the 30 with the Eagles. Now we got time. That 30 that thirty area is perfect for Hendon Hooker. Nonetheless, we got a lot of positive mojo over here in Indianapolis. Joining us now is a man who's a Super Bowl champion. What? A man who was supposed to get cooked by the Eagles' defensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, to put out a tweet that said zero sacks, put it on a fucking shirt. Out of Oklahoma, ladies and gentlemen, Orlando Brown. Yeah, Orlando! Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Put it on a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> I love that. I enjoy it. Orlando, thank you for joining us. How's it been the last couple of days? You guys been celebrating? You waiting for the parade tomorrow? What has life been like the last 48 hours? Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, right after game, it was, it was a huge party. Super turned up. But, uh, man, yesterday I needed some rest. So uh, I took some time to rest yesterday. Uh, pretty much 
I slept on the flight. Uh, got home, ate, kicked it a little bit, slept some more, and then today I'll be uh, chilling. And tomorrow for the parade, man, we'll be super turned up. Hey, you're a Super Bowl champion, dude. Huh? Yeah. You're a Super Bowl yeah, champion. Man. Obviously, the top of the top in the football world is being crowned a Super Bowl champion. You'll have that for the rest of your life. You'll be introduced as yeah. Super Bowl champion Orlando Brown Jr. And obviously, your name is synonymous with dominance in the offensive line game. But you guys were getting questioned. I mean, you guys were getting called out for two, three weeks. Was that obviously being utilized as motivation by the coaches, by you guys? How was it handled behind the scenes? Because you guys were supposed to get fucking obliterated by that Eagles defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, man. And, you know, you've been a player, you know what I mean? So you you know how it goes, man. You hear you hear the talk, you know, you hear all, everyone saying everything, you know. Your coaches may say something here and there. Coach Coach Reed and everybody on staff does a really good job of not making anything too big. But uh, as players, man, you know, we take a lot of pride, you know, in protecting Patrick, uh, executing our game plan on, on game day. Um, and I mean, man, I mean, that's that that Philly front is really good. You know, they've got they rush five rushers. So it's one on ones across the board almost every single play. You know, what I mean, it's not you know, no one's getting help necessarily, you know, even with chippers. You know, what I mean, it's it's still a tall task, man. And. You know, we, we were prepared. We came out with a great game plan, and shit, we wore their ass out. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about your game plan, Orlando. A lot of running. When did you guys know yep. that was going to be the case? Because obviously in the AFC Championship game, I think you guys rushed for like 47 yards or something like that. Everybody was just yep. assuming that Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy were going to be trying to sling it all over the Philadelphia Eagles back end that was potentially maybe the weakness, not the D-line. When did you guys yep. know that you were going to be running the rock, and how pumped is the offensive line for that, I assume? Yeah, I mean, man, it just kind of was understood going into it. You know, we had to do something to kind of take away uh, their pass rush. And, you know, our coaches talked about it all week, uh, making sure that we got a great run plan, executing the run plan, pounding them, uh, you know, with, with the schemes that we had up for the game. Um, man, so I feel like kind of once they put the game plan in, you know, we didn't know how much we were going to run the ball. We knew it was going to be, uh, you know, involved in the type of runs we had were some downhill runs. But, uh, man, I mean, when they started calling it, I mean, they started calling the runs. We start we start going. The third quarter start happening. You know, we start seeing the morale go down and, you know, the energy start getting built up on our sideline and our defense is getting three and outs and Pat's coming in the huddle fired up. Shit just starts clicking. That's what the run game can do, though. Can I mean, that is literally what the run game can do. Whenever the offensive line is allowed to basically yep. put their dominance on display. It helps out with everything yep. else. And nobody expected that from you guys. I love the fact yep. that you went that way. Can you tell me about Pacheco? What a fucking dog yep. that guy is, a huh? A fucking dog. Dude, Orlando. He runs so angry. He's like, fuck, every, every step is like he's trying to run through a wall. Yep. What an animal that guy is, an absolute beast. Yep. Yeah, bro, he's he's a fucking dog. You said it best. I mean, you know, it's crazy. He gets up so quick. Defenders think he's trying. They're, he's trying to fight him. Like there's been times where like a linebacker's fucking tackled him, and he's getting up so quick. Shit, he thinks that Tim's trying to fight him. You know what I mean? He's just he's full of energy, super explosive. He's like, you know, he's just uh, he's a dog, man. And he loves the game. He loves contact. Which sometimes shit, you know, he can run the space to the green gas grass, but he'll rather try to run the safety over. Yeah, you got to love that. Uh, offensive line yeah, loves a running back that hits a hole. There was some massive. Hey, yep. you guys had some big gaping holes. Can you talk about <laughs> the offensive strategy between Biennemi and Andy Reid to maybe set you guys up leverage-wise and all the trick shit yep. that you guys do that might help and all of that? And how do you feel as yep. an offensive lineman whenever you see all those types of different plays being added in? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Yep. What are your thoughts on it all? 
Yeah, man. You know, I think just being here in KC, man, you love it, you know, which is the reason we won the Super Bowl. It's, it's you know, you trust in the system, you trust in the plan. You know, Coach Reed is going to make sure that he's putting every player on the field in the best position. And, you know, Coach has never asked me to do anything I can't do. I would say the same thing goes for any of the guys up front. And the way that we came out with seven, seeing a puller and then a tight end blocking them and then a chipper here and then Wiley's on them and then Creed's on them. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like the, the flow of a game, the flow of a game, he's seen so many different formations and bunch sets. And, you know, now he's got a chip trav on the way out and shit like that. It's just, like I said, man, Coach Reed and him really did a great job helping us uh, – understand the game plan how we were going to affect them with the formations and motions and then shit from there man it just went out it was all on us to go out there and execute man and andrew wiley um i mean man i mean he's been playing in my opinion great all year and shit he saved his best for less okay let's talk about halftime you guys are down 10. patrick mahomes yep. said on jimmy kimmel that andy reed said hey if you go out and watch uh rihanna just keep walking right off the field we don't need you you missed a great yep. it was a great performance oh, yeah, no time. surprise appearances i don't know if you got to watch it back hove didn't show up Sir Paul McCartney. There was none of that. It was just pregnant Rihanna. So you, okay. bangers, though, Orlando. Oh yeah, yeah. All, of all of them bangers. She and, got bangers. She yeah, got bangers. I almost forgot about a couple. Like music started playing. I'm like, oh fuck, I forgot this about this song, Rihanna. Okay, you know what I mean? It was one of those. <laughs> yeah. So it was a great halftime show. You guys were obviously in a much different state of mind than we all were for halftime. Down ten. What was the message? What was the conversation? And that second half was obviously mightily different than the first half for you guys. Yeah, I mean, man, they kind of came out, you know, I feel like in that first, hand, first half, you know, they kind of came out how we expected them to uh, defensively and everything that they were running schematically. Um, and, you know, we kind of weren't doing a great job executing and really staying ahead of the chains. Um, and, man, I mean, the message was just clear in the second half, going into the second half, you know, let's execute our plan. We know, how to, we know what they're going to do. We know how they're going to line up to our personnel and formations. Let's go out there and execute our plan. Uh, Pat communicated that. Trav communicated that. Coach B enemy, Coach Reed, it was clearly understood. You know what I mean? Hey, like, we, we've got the, we got the proper game plan in. Let's go out here and take this shit. You know, let's go out here with the mindset, you know, to go take it. And, man, you know, that's something that we talk about in the offensive line room all the time. I bring up to the guys, man, it's nothing but made men. And, you know, going into this Super Bowl, man, you know, the lat the second half is it's it's straight gangster shit. You know what I mean? That's the mindset that you gotta have in those big games, especially up front. You know, you gotta go take the spoon out their mouth. That's the only way that you're gonna be able to win and beat these really good defensive lines, these really good fronts. Coach Sirianni, I mean, fuck, the way that they had those guys playing, I mean, shit's unreal. Yes. So, man, it was just clear at halftime what we had to do. Hey, they were buzzsawing everybody. Yeah. Giants, oh, yeah. buzzsaw. Niners, oh, yeah. buzzsaw. And obviously, you guys don't know this because you don't, you can't pay attention to this type of stuff. Last week, Monday, 76% of the money bet was yeah. on the Philadelphia Eagles. 70% oh, of the money by Thursday was on the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a lot of people expecting you guys to lose yeah. because yeah, exactly. Hey, I want to let you know, I was not, <laughs> not I. I want to let you know, not I. Yeah. Not I. But it was really like somehow, some way, with Patrick Mahomes on your team and with the way you guys, with Andy Reid and the way you guys operate, you guys are almost yeah. like heavy underdogs going into the game. People were like surprised that you were in it there early. I like to hear that at halftime it was like, hey, we just need to execute our shit and keep it moving. You guys don't hear any of that noise. You're in the middle of a potential dynasty, Orlando. You know that. Yeah. It's the middle of a potential dynasty. How do you not think yeah. about that? How do you, how do you guys not think yeah. about that? 
Yeah, I mean, man, it's like, you know, it's kind of fucked up, you know, because, man, I'm already looking forward to, like, going back to work. And, like, that's not fucked up. That is awesome, Orlando. That is yeah, not a I problem mean, at all. I just, it's like, that, that's just the culture, though. That's just the mindset. That's just the understanding. You know what I mean? It's like, shit, man, I, I'm sure, you know, fucking Steve Kerr felt the same way when he played with the Bulls. You know, it's like, you kind of understand that, hey, you've got Michael Jordan on your team. You've got Scottie Pippen on your team. Kelsey. And, fuck, it's Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. That's the standard. Every year. Yeah. Every year over Every there. Year. It's Super Bowl or yeah. bust. Five straight yeah. AFC Championship games for Patrick Mahomes, his starting quarterback. And everybody was talking about him not being the yeah. best quarterback in the league. Crazy stuff. Connor has a question for you, Orlando. Yeah, Andy Reid also yeah. has a great, you know, Phil Jackson mustache. So they got that going yeah. on, too. Triangle <laughs> offense. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thing. Orlando, a lot of talk about the field on Sunday. Was that something that you guys were kind of going over, changing your steps maybe because of how everyone was kind of slipping around? Yeah, man, it was pretty slippery out there. Um, you know, I think we, we had a little bit of traction issues up front, but uh, nothing glaring or as bad as them, you know, for some reason, man. Uh, I didn't have to wear my seven studs or anything like that. I don't think any of the other guys up front did, but, uh, I mean, it was definitely super slippery. Hey, is that there. better for an O-lineman? Yeah, right? Uh, Yeah, you could say that. I mean, but, shit, it's slippery for us, too. You know what I mean? I'm the one that's kicking backwards. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah, pretty good, huh? Pass that, dog. Yeah, hell yeah. Shoulders more square. Go to but... this, you know. Go to this. Yeah, let me see. Let me see this. Ready? You see this shit? What are we on, Orlando? Give a cadence. What are we on? Yeah. Let's just give you a Sunday Sunday cadence, man. What's Let's that? just What's quick. That? Yep. Yep, just white 80 white. Ball snap right away. Okay. White 80 white. Oh, I missed it. White 80 white. Shit. White 80 white. Hi. Oh shit! What, dude? Oh, Solid, dog. Huh? Solid. Hold on, hold on. Do it Solid. Again. Let's do another white eighty white. Do another white eighty white. Here we go. White eighty white. Boom, bitch. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what I mean, Orlando? Hey, I, I hear you, dog. I've been working on that. I've been working on the club pass, you know what I mean? So we can kind of <laughs> slip inside there and I can lead the way. AQ, former <laughs> offensive lineman, has a question for you, Orlando. Yeah, so the the play on the third and one to Pacheco, when you guys lined up with the fullback, you sent him downhill, you pulled both guards. Is yep. that one of those plays that you guys haven't run all year, but you've worked it like 25,000 times, waiting for that moment, and then boom, it shows up on the biggest stage at the biggest moment? Yeah, that's crazy you say that because normally most of our plays, I would say yes. Um, man, that's one of the few that uh, Coach Andy Heck uh, installed, who's, who's our, also our run game coordinator and offensive line coach. Uh, he installed that about two weeks ago and uh, right after the game. And, uh, you know, he had some older clips from here since he's been here in KC and I think maybe even Jacksonville as well. Uh, but it's just something that's, that's just been in the system for years and, uh, you know, it's like a basically a sweep or like a 39 sweep or a 38 sweep. And uh, shit, man, we came out and executed it really well. But I got to give all the credit to Coach Heck on that one. Yeah, because the the timing of all that is a lot. You know, there's a lot going yeah. on, a lot of choreography going on. So you would assume, I think, with most things like, hey, this has been drilled. The fact you guys are able to just pull that off in the biggest stage, I think, goes to the culture of what the Chiefs are, just ready for the moment at all times. Speaking of ready for the moment, obviously we would be – you know, idiots not to bring it up. You're from left tackle legacy. You know what I mean? Yep. And I remember mm -hmm. in Baltimore when you had the opportunity to play left tackle, and obviously your dad has passed away, but what do you yep. think that you picked up from your dad growing up that kind of yep. gave you an advantage maybe over everybody? Or is there things that yep. you lean on still that you've learned from your father whenever you're playing in games, like in the Super Bowl? Is there something you think about like, oh, my dad told me this at one point. Like, is that always prevalent in your life, or do you have to kind of compartmentalize all of it? 
Yeah, always. It's always been prevalent, man. You know, something. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, if one of your kids go out and be, a, you know, a printer one day, like it, yeah. it'll be clear and understood. Like it's certain things that when you've played at a high level, uh, your education and understanding of the game is different. And something my dad always preached to me was uh, understanding play by play, win or loss, what you're doing. You know, remember the footwork in that moment that won you that rep. Remember your hand placement. Uh, remember what it felt like. And so uh, that was something he always preached to me even before I even started playing football was uh, feeling that, seeing it, slowing the game down with your eyes, your mind, uh, knowing that, okay, I've got my third kick in the ground. His shoulders are still upfield. Okay, he's probably going to be working an edge. Okay, I'm setting him. I can see his eyes looking at my outside hand. I know he's going to be working my outside hand. And, um, man, no matter how elite the rusher is, no matter how sorry the rusher is, uh, that's something that's always kind of been prevalent for me. And I've also been very fortunate, man, to have some really good offensive line coaches throughout my career. Um, my mentor, Jamal Brown, somebody I worked with who played in the NFL for a long time. Uh, man, I mean, I've, I've been very blessed to be around great football minds, especially from an offensive line standpoint. And, uh, man, I mean, just it's so many lessons that and so many things that were told to me uh, as a child, man, that I could, I could go on for hours about it. But to me, awesome. uh, the most important one that my, I learned from my dad was really just seeing it, feeling it, and trusting it. Okay, so I don't know you that well. This is our first time talking. Shout out. I yeah. hope we get to do it again. I obviously yeah, yeah. I didn't know your dad, but, like, I assume he's incredibly fucking proud of you, dude. And after you yeah. win the Super Bowl, do you have a moment with him? Do you have a moment with your dad? Yeah, you think, man. Like, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's just... It's, it's crazy, you know, to be able to be in this position. You know, as you said, you know, I, like I, I dreamed my whole life of having the opportunity to play left tackle. And, you know, I dreamed as a kid to be the starting left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, man, like Jonathan Ogden was. And, and I had the opportunity to do that. And not everything was accomplished there. I wanted to be an all pro. I wanted to be a super bowler. I did make a pro bowl as a left tackle. Um, but, you know, man, to be able to come here uh, for this organization, for the Kansas City Chiefs with Pat Mahomes, who's a super bowl MVP, the MVP of this league, Coach Reed, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, all of these big names, man, Brett Visa, Mr. Hunt. I mean, all of these big names that are involved against this historical defensive front and to not give up a single fucking sack. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it's <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's truly special. It's truly special. And, uh, you know, I always tell the guys, man, I love this shit. You know, I love football, man. I, I live and breathe it. And I mean, it's nothing short of a blessing. I know my dad would be proud, but man, I, I'm, I'm just I, I, this isn't the end of my career. I'm looking so I'm looking so much forward to just getting better each and every single year. Hell yeah, Orlando. I wish you were on a Colts. Yeah. The Chiefs are lucky to yeah. have you. Yeah. <laughs> Connor has a uh, last question for you here, Orlando. Yeah, yeah, Orlando, obviously you are going to get just a biblical size bag this offseason. Now, <laughs> do you also think about that when you're thinking about what team you want to play for? Like, hey, you just went to the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Obviously, yeah. that is kind of your standard always has been. And now with this team, it's like like you yes. said, you have Jordan, you got Pippen. This is kind of the squad yep. you want to be with. Is that something you bring to the table? Like, hey, I understand that, you know, I probably deserve $200 million. But yep. at the same time, I want to play for a Super Bowl every year. Yeah. Yeah, man, I do. You know, I love to win. Uh, I've been – that's another thing. You know, I've been very fortunate since I've been in this league, uh, man, to have been on some really good teams and play with some really good players. I've blocked for two MVPs, both of my quarterbacks. Um uh, yeah. on this level I mean it's like I, I've been in the playoffs every single year you know I've I've made four straight Pro Bowls what? I, I, you know what I mean it's like I, I'm very blessed I'm very blessed man yeah and you're very good I mean I, I just I love to win dog so whatever it is <laughs> hey everything uh, you just yeah. said there 
Yeah. I just saw like dollar signs going yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, two MVPs. Uh-huh. Been to the playoffs every single year. Insane. We just won a Super Bowl. Mm. I'm nowhere near my peak yet. Play left tackle. Yeah, you, you got a lot of money in the guy a lot behind of money. me. We're about to talk to your GM next, so hey, we will. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. We will certainly reiterate the fact. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Orlando, thank you so much for joining us. Congrats on the success. Can't wait to see what you continue to do. And enjoy the hell out of the parade tomorrow. You earned every single uh, second of it. I will, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, too. Hell yeah, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, Orlando. Chiefs, man. Hey, Chiefs! Orlando Brown Jr. Hell no! I love that man. Yeah, he was great. Ridiculously smart. Oh, my God. I love that man. Isn't that? I just fell in love with it, dude. Yeah. I mean, him explaining, like, the setup that he's learned. Oh, his shoulders are still upfield. Yeah. Okay, he's going to work an edge. Oh, look at his hands on my hand. Okay, got it. Yeah. We're doing a little hand joss right now. And there's that's not like giving away the game because the defensive end isn't going to be able to change that in the no. game. Like, not giving away strategy there at all. That's just, like, next-level thinking. That comes from the generational, though, I think. Mm-hmm. Right, AQ? That's the type of head start almost. 100%. It comes with film study. And then and you're starting to see it more and more, especially, like, some of these guys, man, they're, they're, they come from legendary programs. Like, he comes from Oklahoma. He gets to pick Trent Williams' brain if he wants, I'm sure, right? Like, you get to do that. When you do that in the NFL and play from these schools, you can grab everybody and use them as pieces of knowledge. It's, it's incredible to see them. He was awesome, though. Awesome. How and cool was that guy? The, the man. And um, it's like almost makes you like the Chiefs more because obviously Kelsey Mahomes, but like guys like that you don't really hear about. Creed Humphrey, similar. And to AQ's point with Trent Williams, he also played with Marshall Yonda when he came into the league. Yeah, with the not Raiders. a bad help. That guy Stud. probably gives What's he doing? Iron Man's now. Yeah, Yonda's lost a lot of weight. He looks fantastic. <laughs> Still could move a body if he had to. 100%. Sure, yeah, he's got Stopped that. every bull rush he ever went against. What's that? He has that just corn-fed strength, right? Oh, yeah. And he no from, he's from Iowa? Farm, yeah, right. He played at Iowa. Is he from Iowa? I don't remember. From Iowa. Parents still have a farm there. Like, he's oh, got yeah. those toilet seats. It's hands. everything you think of when he you just, think of Iowa. He just literally, every single day of his life, every meal was just corn. Mm-hmm. Just Yonda. I'm going to be stronger right. than ever. Beef. Boom. Tossing it. Yep. Milking cows, probably. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're working on those biceps while squeezing those teats. Churning butter. Always going to have that strength. Yes. No doubt. Speaking of growing up in a place that makes legends, this man is a former Big 33 All-Star. Big 33 is the All-Star game between high school seniors of Pennsylvania taking on the high school seniors of Ohio. Whoa. It's a big-time game. Used to be, at least, before people started going to college early. This guy played in that game. Not easy playing. I didn't get invited to that game. AQ played in that game, obviously, because he was a Hall of Famer. But when you're in Pennsylvania high school football, you're trying to get into the Big 33 game back in the day. This dude played in it. An absolute dog. And all he's done is just transformed the way rosters are constructed. Ladies and gentlemen, two-time, two-time Super Bowl champion general manager, Brett Veach. Yeah, Brett! What's up, dude? Hey, how you doing? Awesome, awesome, awesome to be on this show. And uh, great shout out to the former legend AQ himself, another Big 33er. Yeah. So honored to be on with him Let's as well. Let's go, Brett. Yeah, Brett, listen, that Big 33 game, I was not invited to play. Okay, I was not good enough. Obviously, I had to work my way to get to my place. You started out as a superstar football player in high school. Now you're a general manager. Did you know that your future was always going to be in football, regardless of if you played or if you coached or was it going to be scouting? When did you know what you were going to end up doing, you think, Brett? Yeah, well, my entire family, um, as you know, Pat, they're all involved in football. My brothers played. My dad actually still coaches in Mount Carmel to this day. So uh, without question, I knew football was going to be a part of my life forever. I probably just thought I would go the coaching route and um, stayed at University of Delaware when I got done playing as a GA and and just figured I'd tag along somewhere as a 
a quality control coach or a position coach and, and hopefully work, uh, work my way up. But there was a different plan that kind of unfolded while I was working with Coach Coach Reed in Philadelphia, and uh, I think it, it worked out pretty good. Yeah, my, I'd say. Yeah. Hey, two Super Bowls. A couple of ranks. Hey, two Super Bowls as a GM, Brett. Let's go. From yeah. high school coach potentially to GM that has changed the way the NFL goes. Whenever you decide to cut, you have the seventh youngest roster in the NFL. You know that, obviously. Seventh youngest roster in the NFL. With all those superstars, you're somehow able to stay young. Is that all because of the 10 year deal with Patrick Mahomes? And at what point did you start like figuring out how to kind of do the salary cap? gymnastics was it with that deal because you knew you had to pay the greatest player potentially of all time when it's all said and done and how did you get to that point with Patrick well we certainly knew that deal would be the catalyst to um, sustain uh, a long period of success here and and as you accumulate you know there's the problems that that come with having a really good roster so when you have a really good roster you're um, you're picking late in the draft and you're also probably paying a lot of good players. So it, Pat's contract, along with guys like Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, I mean, these all start to add up and accumulate. So um, we kind of hit the crossroad there in the offseason when the wide receiver market just went out <clears throat> into a different stratosphere. Uh, and that was a time that we thought, look, we have some some talented players and, you know, we're going to be picking late in drafts and we're not going to have a ton of cap space. So there's going to be that moment in any franchise's um, um run that you have to make tough decisions and so we wanted to reinvest in the youth and and, and really try to give more balance i mean we know we're always going to score points we have pat mahomes we have andy reed uh travis kelsey like we're always going to score points let's start reinvesting in the youth in particular on the defensive side and i think um i think it worked out and and those young guys played a lot of snaps i think our rookies four of them right in the you had four of them i think playing in the back end of the afc championship yeah yeah i mean we had we had a ton playing both sides of the ball but i think overall i think our rookies took the most snap, third most snaps in all the NFL, and I think the only rookie classes that played more than us were the teams that are picking one and two. So, um, you know, the rookies were asked to play a significant role on a really good team. So um, they stepped up, and I think on the defensive side, those rookies ended up playing their best football late in the season which is when you need it the most. So it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, just kind of, yeah, just kind of worked yeah, of out. Always seems to just kind of work out for some people and for other people, they can't find a good draft pick anywhere. Any, or anywhere, in the, let alone late in the draft. What are you looking for? Just speed? Like on the offense, you guys have more speed than anybody. And then you trade in for speed with Kadarius Toney, and he obviously pays off big, has a touchdown on a corn dog play, and then a massive punt <laughs> return for you. Is speed the number one thing you're looking for, or how do you balance all of that while still getting smart players that can handle Andy Reid's offense and system? You've done a a magnificent job of blending it all together. Is there a trick to it? What do you look for? Well, I think um, you you kind of alluded to it. it it's speed and um, and versatility, which which goes with the the player's aptitude to be able to come in and learn plays. Coach likes to um, he likes to create matchup problems, and he he likes um, offensive players that can play multiple positions. So if he wants to get to a play or a look that's successful, it doesn't have to be that same receiver running that play or that same running back running that play so any guy that can come in here and, and certainly speed is right at the the forefront of um you know skill sets that are valued and desired but guys that can run but also uh, um like i mentioned just be versatile and line up in different positions um play multiple positions um you know we like receivers that can play inside and outside and we, we like running backs that can go out and, and play in the slot so anytime you get speed and versatility 
um, you, you know, needless to say, those guys will be high on our priority list. Is it? Doesn't that sound so simple? You it know, does. It, it then yeah. somehow Pacheco falls to the seventh round, and you're just sitting there like, oh, I guess we'll get this guy Sweet. that's just going to yeah. become a sensation in his rookie year and be loved by the entire team. What did you see in him, and were you surprised he was still available, and how was he still available when you guys were able well, to get him? Yeah, I think <clears> – so I think last year was one of those years where the, the COVID and the option some players had – to go back or stay in the draft, I think you saw you finally saw the, you know, some of the trickle down effect of that, and some of the running backs ended up staying because they had an extra year. So, anyway, when we got to the draft last year, we were working through our late round board, like fifth, sixth, seventh round, and we just happened to notice there was a large number of running backs, and if you know that's usually a position, maybe we watched six to ten players, twelve players. I mean, we had maybe 25, 30 names on the board, and it seemed like forever to get through that list. Um, now, Isaiah played at Rutgers. Uh, they didn't have a ton of success. Um, and the one thing when I had just mentioned about versatility and running backs that could catch, you know, they didn't throw a ball at Rutgers. Shoot, I mean, I think he may have had four targets, five targets. So, you know, huh. are we getting this big, yeah, we getting this big bruising running back that, you know, maybe has stone hands, maybe he can't catch. And in our offense, that isn't good. So, I, you know, I'd like to think that maybe that's what the rest of the league was worried about, too, because it's such a passing league. But he went to his all-star game, thought he caught the ball really naturally, and then his pro day, we thought it was awesome, looked smooth. And even his route running for being, you know, a 218, 220-pound back, I mean, he can get in and out of breaks. But once we saw, the, the, you know, the spring work, the, the all-star games and the um, and the pro days and watch how effortlessly he, he performed in that area, then, you know, we got excited and we were certainly lucky he was, he was there toward the end, of the end of the draft. I don't remember watching him at Rutgers. Did he always run so pissed off? Like, that just yep. seems like... He's so mad. Like, the, when, as you're watching him the first couple games, you're like, holy oh, hell, this geez. is the most angry runner in the history of the NFL. Going back, now granted the field, we can dive into that here in a little bit, but going back to the offensive, we were just talking to Orlando Brown Jr. there. He's yeah. awesome. He is great. He's awesome, dude. dude he, he, like, literally was just chatting to us. Like, he was mm -hmm. fantastic. Choosing to run the ball, though, with a rookie, seventh rounder, like, that was Andy Reid and Eric Bannamy's plan. Are you involved in that conversation? Do you know what the team is going to look like on Sundays? Or are you surprised watching alongside all of us? I, I would say that I, I'm, I'm surprised alongside of you mo most weeks. You know, I, I think Andy and Eric, they did a great job of just feeling the game out. I think they'll have – a game plan like all great coaches have going into a game but you know the great ones able to just adjust and, and and feel the momentum and feel how the game flow is going and working and yeah I mean there's certainly um you know some games where I think and if you look at the Super Bowl I, I mean I think just looking at the numbers common sense would have said you know the Eagles would have would have ran the ball a lot and we would have thrown the ball a lot right and so it, it kind of the reverse. I mean, the Eagles threw the ball up and down the field, and, and we were running the ball. So sometimes games just work out like that. And um, the great coaches know how to play off of that momentum and that vibe of the game and, and just be prepared at every step of the way. And I got to tell you, when we had that last drive and <clears throat> Jarek McKinnon, you know, broke that run, obviously it was smart, but I'm sure we were all thinking, go down, go down, go down. But the next play to take the kneel, there was part of me that I, I, I can't remember the game. I think it was an Atlanta game a couple years ago where they wanted to do a kneel down, but they kind of gave the ball to the running back, right? And in, instead of kneeling down, he was just kind of holding himself up, and they pulled him into the end zone. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I hope 
I hope they don't pull Pat into the end zone trying to just run the ball for a yard. So just getting back to the coach and, and, and knowing at every point of the game, if you have to mix it up, if you have to become a running team on the fly, be a running team on the fly. If you have to constantly remind your players about sliding and kneeling to use the clock and then even when they're using the clock to remind those players to, to don't get pulled into the end zone back up. I mean, coach is on his mark every every step of the way, and, and that's why he's one of the best to ever do it. Okay, let's talk about coach who's working his way into the Mount Rushmore of coaching. Some people would already put him in there, which is a incredible feat, both with the Eagles and the Chiefs, and how he's just continued to evolve through the eras, not only of football, but of humans that he's coaching. Much different humans now than it was 15, 20 years ago, and he's been able to relate to everybody, motivate everybody, and he loves cheeseburgers and corn dogs. So we are massive fans of his, obviously. Did you have fear that he was going to retire? Was that an actual conversation you guys had? Because seemingly he has answered now, all of it's in the emotions of immediately winning a Super Bowl, and he's going to hang around and come back. But was that ever an actual conversation between you guys, or was that all kind of speculation from outside? Yeah, I think that was total speculation. Um... I mean, I'd like to think that other, other than his wife, Tammy, I don't think anybody talks to Coach or knows Coach as well as I do, and and um, that has never come up. Um, so I'd be shocked if, you know, he takes time away and comes up with a decision that is something other than co coaching football. I think uh, I think he's really – he's enjoyed the players and the coaches and the process his entire life, and he'd be the first one to tell you that he's extremely, you know, blessed. But I just – He's got so much to still offer, I think. And, and, and the way this is set up now for him, I think, is really good where, you know, we've been together so long um, and these seasons are so long and they're so draining. But for him now to kind of be able to have that time to decompress um, and to go spend time with his family, uh, recharge the batteries, uh, start working on some some new concepts and ideas and, and let me and my staff go to work. I, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. uh, Dude's awesome. I think that. You know, it, it's kind of, again, re-energized him. And um, he also does a great job of staying involved with the with the, the college offenses. The coaches around him are really in tune with, you know, the college concept and ideas. And so that when he gets younger guys, he's already trying to incorporate um, a lot of the stuff that they were familiar with in, in college. And and he just in general stays in touch with, with the younger with the younger crew and, and what they're watching and what they're going through and what they're experiencing in life, which I think um, helps them better relate as a coach. I mean, I listen, I show them I show, I show cl clips of your, your show. I remember week one oh. um, when you pulled out, you know, some of the trick plays and you said Andy Reid comes up with all this fuckery down the, at the goal line. <laughs> and I sent it to him and he came back in my room and we were laughing about it for about five, ten minutes. So, Let's go! Tell him I am a big fan, obviously, just like yeah. I'm a big fan of yours. That's amazing to hear that we're inside that building. Thank you for the love, Mr. Yeah. We appreciate that. Thank you for joining us right now. Um, that Coach-GM synergy is a massive ordeal, and it doesn't get talked about a lot by either former coaches that leave, former GMs that leave, or the media. But I think on our show, we try to kind of ask that question. Sean Payton said uh, last week at Radio Row that for him taking a job, it was how the ownership, the GM, and the coach are going to be. That is literally his only thing. The quarterback next, but that is the most important and vital part for the success of an organization. There's a lot of places where it is not. You just talked about how long you've been with Andy Reid and the success you guys have had together. What is it about you two you think that made you guys click and 
have sustainable clickness, if that makes sense, because sometimes egos getting in the way. You're in the middle of building a dynasty. The only other team that's ever been able to do that is the head coach was the GM. So there's no chance of fucking egos getting in the way of anything. How have you and Andy Reid clicked so well? And how have you been able to do it through all this success as well? Because normally it gets kind of sideways one way or another. Yeah. Well, I think um, to start, just the simple fact that I really – came up and I've experienced every level. I mean, he, <clears throat> I started out as coach's assistant and then from coach's assistant, I was, um, I was an office scout, a Midwest scout, a Southeast scout, a national scout, um, and then a kind of co-director. So on one end, I kind of, um, in regards to building a draft board and doing a free agency plan, I've, I've kind of worked at every level, but I think <clears throat> coach has seen me work at every level and we've been together so long. So I think that there's such a huge amount of, of, of trust and respect. And um, I think when coach goes into a free agency or an offseason plan, we have worked together for so long that when I come to him and, and let him know what me and my staff are thinking in regards to here, the guys we're targeting with some other guys, but this is what we're thinking. And I, and I kind of mirror that with the draft board and positions and stackings, basically trimming out all the bad for him and just giving him real information instead of watching 14 offensive linemen coach take a pick at you know take a peek at two or three of these guys we'll probably select one of them here's what we're thinking we're we've been together so far for so long now where it's more of a i'm cool with it i'm cool with it um and still peeking at some tape but we're not draining everything out of them um having them watch all this tape all this time i mean he's really just coming in touch base with us um get inside of our minds see what see what our thinking but Pat, I just think over the years, there's so much trust now. It's um, it, it's one of those things where obviously, you know, I wouldn't sit there and dial down to Coach Reed on a third and three and say, here's what I'm thinking, Coach, let's run this. Because obviously, I mean, he's a brilliant Hall of Fame coach, um, and I'm nowhere ever trying to put myself in his category. Well, you're going to be. Yep. Yeah, I hate to say it, hate to say it, you Pennsylvania fuck. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to happen. Drafts keep going. Yeah, Dynasty, you're in the middle of it. Fucking A, you're going to be having that gold jacket on. Uh -huh. You're going to be giving a speech. It's going to be fantastic. Can't Ohio, not too far where you're from. Yeah. Going to be so many beach fucks in the crowd. I mean, it's going to this is going to happen. That's real life. So we won't just let you blow by that. But you're saying he has the same but, trust that you have for him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So in a similar fashion, he, he doesn't sit there. He knows um, how hard my staff work and how, how hard I work. And he knows that when we come to him, you know, with a solution to a problem, that, like, we went over every possibility. Tyreek, so, like, hey, moving on from Tyreek, was there any – what was that? Was that a yeah. – uh, I'm sure Andy Reid, who had Tyreek Hill running – four miles of play and obviously yeah. created him into the market that he's in and Tyreek Hill is a game changer regardless of where he is. He's one of one an anomaly. Was that an interesting conversation whenever you come up to him and talk about that or did he understand the business of it? Obviously, you guys have been around each other long enough. Yeah. Well, that one was a little different because he understood it, but he didn't like love it. Like, that <laughs> yeah. was tough. he was high five and four. I mean, we, because it, it kind of went in, in, a, in a weird flow where we went to the combine and we met with Drew and we expressed interest to, you know, resign him. Let's get him back here. And we had some positive conversations with Drew. Left the combine a week later. Free agency starts. Christian Kirk deal happens, and um, Adams gets traded. And then the market went to to another world. Um, and then when there was like two days of silence from from Drew, we were like, okay, here we go. All right, we're getting the call here. So, um, you know, then I kind of field coaching as free agency was happening like coach I, I you know i know 
we thought we were going to go in this direction with Tyreek, but just so you know, I hadn't heard from Drew in a couple days. Uh, the receiver just signs for a ton of money in Jacksonville. Another one just gets traded. This is going to be hard because now these contracts look completely different. So trade, let's all put that on our radar. Let's see what uh, radar. Let's see what it looks like. But let's not be surprised by these possibilities. And then as the day goes on, it, it's like one of those looks more likely, looks more likely, and then Coach Yet's going to happen. So it was kind of like a buffering period for me where I wasn't hitting him with just one shot. It was kind of leaking it. So <laughs> it, it bits and pieces where when it finally came, you know, to the decision day, I mean, Coach was already – you know, just like death by a thousand cuts, he, he had kind of known it was coming. Yeah, he understood why it was happening as well. And that's one of those incredibly difficult decisions that you have to make in your seat that a lot of people can't make, won't make. And then obviously they do make, and then it backfires completely. Shout out to the Titans. Yep. Uh, Boston Connor has a question for you, Mr. Veach. Yeah, Brett, on that same exact subject with Tyreek Hill, when you're looking at players and what contracts are going to be, are you trying to project like, okay, in five years, the wide receiver market is going to be where it's at now? Now. And do you try and do that? And then when you look back at the Mahomes deal, did you realize like, hey, right now, 10 years, 430 million, 500 total might be a little ridiculous. But, you know, halfway through this contract, we're going to be the ones that are looking back like this is probably one of the best, if not the best contract ever given to a quarterback, both for the player and for the team. Yeah, well, we certainly uh, did that with the quarterback contract, just trying to to project the market outward just because of those contracts um, are going to, you know, be the biggest on your team, and they're going to take up the most percentage of your of your cap in regards to your total roster. So, um, to your question in regards to the quarterback in his contract, that was something that we wanted to give our, ourselves a long runway because, um, on one end, we're going to try to project where these will be, but also the contracts long enough so that you know we and the player can address it. Um, yeah, because. That's going to yeah, happen, because, right? I assume in the next couple of years that's going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable it'll happen at some point. But, you know, we have quarterbacks coming up this year, right? We have Herbert and Burrow. And so where they are now oh. because our contract is so long, that's adjustable. Um, you, you know, the numbers for Pat and how that will come out. I mean, you have a built-in runway to, to make adjustments there, but you also have built-in runways to potentially work the numbers to, you know, to create more space on a given year if you need to. So it just – when you the more years you have – um, you know, the longer you have to adjust the number for the player and adjust the number potentially to help your team in any given year. Those are tricky to come by, though, because people always say, well, I mean, that's, you know, that's the benchmark and that's what all these teams should be doing. And you guys are only it, it takes a very unique setup. Like you have to have an ownership that wants to give. I mean, that contract is basically five hundred million dollars for 10 years. No getting out of it for us. I mean, we can mix the numbers and move the numbers. Um you have to hey, listen. It's a violent league, and it's players get hurt all the time. And I know the quarterbacks aren't taking hits like other positions, but still, ten years is a long amount of time. And you have to get the ownership who is good with a ten-year contract in the NFL, which is unheard of. Um, so there's buy-in on the ownership. There's certainly buy-in on the coaching staff and the personnel staff that we're not finding anybody better than this. And that seems like even silly to say now because we aren't. He's the best. Um, <laughs> yes. But then the player, yeah. yeah. But then the player too. Like the player has to say. I mean, the player knows he has leverage, and the, the agent knows he has leverage, but when you take a step back, I mean, they have a ton of securities in the contract with injuries, protections. Um, he's in a place where he loves, and he genuinely wants to do things to help this this organization, and not just this organization, this city. So you have to have the stars in alignment to pull off a contract like that. I don't think it's like 
some wizardry by our staff or just some concept that just came down from the heavens that we are giving to this player that no one thought of. No, it just takes three people that have so much trust in one another that they're like, no, screw it, let's do it. Oh, so you just got to have like... Luck. One of the greatest... No, no, no. A lot of hard work to get to this Mm -hmm. point. You got to have... One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time already. That's right. You gotta have one of the greatest coaches of all time already. Seems easy. And you gotta have one of the greatest GMs of all time already. Okay. Seems and then you gotta have an ownership that has five hundred million dollars to put into escrow too. Bingo. Right? Because yeah. that has to take place and to say that they'll invest ten years, but the quarterback also has to commit to a city for ten years. Yeah. Like I'll be in Kansas City. No no I love Kansas City. Hell, I live in Indianapolis. So do not exactly. take me as somebody that would bash a city for its size or how many humans are in there. You can have a fucking great time anywhere. And there is great things in every single city. But he's a megastar. Patrick Mahomes is a megastar. He's marquee. He's billboard. So him committing to staying in Kansas City as opposed to what could potentially take place in L.A., there's two teams. Yep. New York for his brand, there's two teams. Down in yep. Miami, there's a obviously that whole place is there's cranes everywhere it's blown up even more and it's like the hot spot so like i think that is an amazing deal that you guys laid out and i guess we are kind of taking it for granted absolutely when we're like why don't this why didn't this team just fucking do a 10-year yeah. deal that's there's a lot of commitment there brett that's a lot of commitment a lot of long-term commitment that you can't get out of and like i said it just it requires and entails a huge amount of of trust and you know pat trusts us that we're going to surround him with great coaches and players and you know we obviously have the trust that he's going to continue this epic level of play for years to come. And um, and the owner, you know, trusts in our training staff, too, to keep him healthy for all these years and, and our organization to keep um, pushing him to get better. So it's a lot. It's a, it's a leap of faith. But I think if you're going to take a leap of faith like that, these are the people um, and, and the players that you do that for. What do you got to do? You got to go out on a limb. That's where all the fruit is. Mm-hmm. A.J. Hawk via Bobby Carpenter. Yes. Connor, what were you going to ask for a quick? Yeah, Brett, real quick. Because of that contract and everything you just said and how you know great it is in Kansas City and with Kendarius Tony, are you finding it hard now that GMs are kind of like, you know what, fuck Brett Veach and the Chiefs. I don't want to trade with these guys and make them better. Or, you know, is everything kind of cordial? I think it's cordial because I think at the end of the day, teams are always going to do and make moves um, that benefit themselves and they're going to operate in that manner. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there are some teams where if we were involved in a trade or some type of acquisition, and, and I think in general, I think when you are faced with similar options from teams and one team is – has one or is, you know, winning currently, I, I think you kind of would work a deal with a, with a lesser team. But I don't I don't think I've noticed over the last few years teams just not picking up the phone call. I think just in general, if teams can get what they believe is 1% better, I mean, they'll call anybody and try to work anything. And, um, and believe me, I mean, you know, we worked that trade with the Giants and um, – the, the Giants for the longest time didn't want to do the trade because, you know, they knew we were going to have a good record and they, they knew that the compensation wouldn't be as good. And so that we tried to get him in the spring and it didn't work out. And then we continued and finally got him before the trade deadline. But, um, you know, if they had better, they obviously they would have would taken it. And at the time, you know, Kadarius didn't play all year. So it was hard for us to to do more. So I, it was one of those deals where, um, you know, what we're saying, you know, what we're saying yeah. we're saying, of course, Veach. It's yep. the next Tyreek Hill. Bingo. Like that, of course, that's what we're saying about you. And you know what the rest of the league's saying about you? If that guy was good enough to be in Veach's t- uh, locker room, when they get cut, 
everybody's getting picked up to yeah. other teams. This is what happened to the Patriots for a long time. Anybody that would get cut from the Patriots is going to another team. That doesn't happen with, like, low-level teams, guys clear waivers. They're going to the XFL, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or they're going to a, a practice squad somewhere. If, like, the Patriots got somebody for the last 20 years, it's like, if he's good enough for Bill Belichick, he's good enough for man. our team. Like, that's what – you're getting viewed like that, dude. That's awesome. You should feel honored yeah. about that, I think, Veach. No, no, well, it feels good. It, it means that, you know, you and your staff has worked hard to, to collect talent. It's funny you mentioned that. Our first year here in 2012, 2013, when we came over as a staff, um, Seattle had that little window where they were rolling, and it felt like – Every time that, well, I, I guess right at the end of training camp, when we made all of our cuts, um, we made a bu- bunch of cuts that year. I think we must, every player that we claimed or acquired off waivers, I think was there from the Seahawks. So, <laughs> hey, if it's good enough for them, yeah. is they're good enough yeah. for us, is that kind of the thought? When they were hitting the golden window there, when they were rolling it, and, um, but it goes in cycles, and, and, you know, we're hitting the chief cycle. Now it's our job to see how long we could make this cycle run and extend this this window here. Yeah, seems like you got Patrick Mahomes. You're going to be A-OK. And Andy Reid. Uh, A.Q. Shipley has a question for you. Brent, when you decided to revamp the offensive line after the last Super Bowl, right, I think Thune, everybody knew who he was, right? Creed Humphrey, everybody knew who he was. You go get him. You get Trey Smith in the sixth round, who, by the way, I love as a football player. Absolutely love. When you were weighing the medical on him, right, like when, as a GM, when do you take risk versus reward and kind of how does that play out? Right. So I mean, that's a great question, and that's obviously why Trace uh, fell in the draft. Um, I got a really good training staff. Rick Burkholder has been here forever. Our team physician, Mike Bonacco, has been here what seems like forever. I try to keep the medical. Um, when it's that important, I try to keep it real simple. Like, it's a yes or no from the docs. I don't try to coerce or, you know, try to sugarcoat anything. I'm like, here it is, doc. And I don't even tell Doc the name because obviously sometimes you get medical information. Sometimes it's important because it's a first-round uh, tackle, and sometimes they get it. It's a potentially a free agent lineman, and uh, you know I don't want Docs to get swayed by. All right, this is a first-round pick. We got to make this guy clear the bill of health here. Um, so I don't do that. Number one, and then secondly, I just make it black and white. Where if he's clear, he's clear, and, and if he's not, he's not. And you know I'm not going to sit there and have a a debate with a doctor um, because I'm not a doctor, and, and if there's any <laughs> liability, uh, I certainly don't want that, um, you know, on the organization uh, whatsoever. <laughs> and Mike Monaco, <clears throat> since working with him, I felt like he's one of the more conservative docs in the combines. That you know this when you get the, to the combine, you get all these combine grades, right? And they're one, two, three, four, five. Rarely see a five. Five is like heart failure potential. I mean, really bad. Like you know, some guys get diagnosed with stuff and they become a four or five and fortunately at the combine they it gets identified and some and there's been places life saved yeah they yeah life-saving surgeries just because stuff got identified um but once you get into the you know the one two or threes it's really up to the team i mean obviously so one's the best um you like to be three or less but the fours and the fives you got to really watch and uh with trey he was one of those um 3.5s it was like right in the middle of a three and a five I turned it over to Mike Bonacco. Mike has a history, as far as I'm concerned, when I'm working with him, he's always leaning conservative or no. So a bunch of the guys that have been drafted over the years that were considered medical risk, we were we were already in no way ahead of time off the board. So when I sent him the file of Trey Smith, 
I almost in my mind said, well, I sent it to Mike. This will be a no. He says no to almost everything. <laughs> um, and like two or three days later, I hadn't heard from him. And the draft is in like a couple weeks. And I told Mike, I called him back and I said, you got this file on Trey Smith, right? Um, it, you know, he just said, yeah. And he said, listen, I, I think he's going to be okay. I know he has a family history of this, but I'm looking at all the charts. I sent it to two experts out in L.A. They told me the same thing. They said, if we can get him in here before the draft, we can do two tests. If he passes them, I feel good. Well, because COVID, we weren't allowed to bring him in to do the test. Mm -hmm. So we had to roll the dice. And we brought him in. We did the test. He passed the test. He's been great ever since. Now we'll have to continue monitoring him. But it's just a story uh, on how this whole organization works uh, as, as one unit. And that was a great case of a doc helping us out and making that selection. It seems like you're leading a fantastic program over there. You should be incredibly proud. And we appreciate the hell out of you joining us, man. You're a really good dude. And obviously, you're going to go down as a goat in Canton for the rest of your life. So congrats on everything. And thank you for your time, Brett. Thank you, guys. It was uh Honor to be on the show. Really was. Appreciate it. Man, you're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Veach. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Brett! Speaking of inner peace, this man's inner peace is absolutely toxic. He's from the state of Ohio. He is a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, what? Ryder Cup champion, what? COVID survivor, father of 10. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! Oh! Hey, baby, A.J. Hey, it's all about love. Yeah, all about love today. Is that for Aaron or is that for Valentine's Day? Well, both. I think it, it ties together perfectly, doesn't it? It's for everyone. Yeah, it works. I, I assume for Aaron, then I realize, oh, Valentine's Day as well. Here we go. Okay, get some flowers, obviously. Come just on. an effort holiday. It's an effort holiday. That's all it is. Just yeah. a reminder. I know, hey, Valentine's Day is 365 days with me and my wife. We don't do it in Ohio. Yeah, we, you know what I mean? I understand that completely. But I think that is what this holiday is. And obviously, you asked my father and plenty of other blue-collar uh, dads out there. Sure. It's made a holiday by Hallmark. I'm not a fucking Mark, okay? They're trying to get all our money all the time. I don't need to be buying into their puppetry. Mm -hmm. But happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. And I hope everybody gets a chance to showcase their love for another because we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. We have no clue. There's aliens potentially flying over Lake Huron. That's right. And joining us now, a man is doing something that we had never heard of in just a few days to do his own thing. Ladies and gentlemen, four-time NFL MVP, the COVID MVP back-to-back, -back, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron! A lot of light over there, Aaron. Are you trying to take it all in? Is there no blinds for the next few days as you uh, go into your darkness retreat here in a few days? Listen, I'm not in my darkness retreat yet. What? Oh, and yesterday. What? Nope. This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. Oh. So oh. anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that, it's fake news. Whoa. So Whoa. let me just reiterate one more time. Suck it, rap. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner circle, nobody talks to Ian Rappaport, oh. to Adam Schefter, what? or to any of those people, okay? So if you're one of those people who's talking to those people, it's a great reminder for you, you're not in the inner circle. Oh! Damn. That was a hanging on somebody there, yeah. And if anybody else is out there saying stuff, or if they're just making it up, which is also, those are both likely, um, just stop with the fake news. Okay. So hey, I speak for myself. Yep. And... I will continue to do that. I'm not upset about it. Like it's okay. the classic uh, media, you know, trying to be first, not trying to be right. And the problem is there's a slippery slope. So let me just remind everybody out there listening. When somebody says something, 
whether it's Ian Rappaport, right. or Adam Schefter, right. okay, Joe Biden, well, all right. Donald Trump, <laughs> yeah, all right, what? Anthony Fauci, oh, what? Okay, here we go. Joe Rogan, what? Doc, myself, anybody? Question it. It's if it's legitimate, it can stand up to questioning. So question things, and then think about them and contemplate them in your own time, and try and figure out what seems most likely to be true based on your own intuition, and feel, and conglomeration of fact. But no one in my inner circle talks to those people. I don't talk to those people. I don't have their numbers. I've never met them. And listen, I'm doing a darkness retreat later this week. I'm excited about it. I didn't realize how much it would take off. Um, Big. Okay. I, Let me put it. Can I wrap all the, everything you just said up there? Just real yeah, quickly, please. because it matters. Um, whenever you talk about questions, I, mean, I think on Friday we said Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is going to happen. So everybody that watches our show heard us say it. And I'm not saying we're in the inner circle, but like you said that to us that we're going to do it. So like I think there was a lot of people that were questioning it immediately, but a lot of those people potentially don't watch our show. So then whenever Rappaport reports it on it, and by the way, we put him through a series of questioning. AJ, didn't we? AJ, didn't we? Oh, yeah, he knows, but he was standing by his source, so I knew this might be tough. Well, and shout out to his source who's not in the inner circle. Nope. That's a fucking tough Tuesday, whoever that person was. They thought they were in there. But when Ian Rappaport reported, yeah, yeah been out. Didn't fucking know. See? Get out. But whenever you're talking about it being reported on the league's network on Super Bowl Sunday with all eyes on it, now you got like Jets fans' expectations. Okay, this guy's answer's coming on Thursday or whatever. And then automatically there's expectations on you whenever it was a misreporting of a date that something was supposed to happen. So it seems so petty in theory. There's people that'll be like, Aaron's not happy that it was misrepresented. Well, that's because it became misexpectations from people about an answer on things and it was being reported by the league so it's like a super legit thing so you become heel almost by doing what you were already planning to do for the last four months in that moment just to wrap that all up i think that's why uh for people that don't understand why you're a little bit passionate about that like that's a real thing that was taking place on the internet i saw it yesterday because ian rapaport said and ian rapaport's a good friend of ours we like ian ian's this big he's awesome good guy he, he's good for he's been good for us now he's done a lot of shit I I assume breaking news in your life. You have your own relationship with him. We like him. But whenever we said to him, are you sure he's going to be on Aaron Rodgers? Well, maybe he delayed it. So then I saw Jets fans going, I don't want this fucking. Oh, no. Not My pickleball ace. racket just fell on the ground there. Sorry. Sorry about that. Anyways, so whenever it's like delayed, you got some people saying, I'm sick of dealing with this guy. Now I got to deal with a delayed this. Like it just all adds into. And, and, and listen, that's my problem with the whole thing. It's, I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they're really good at their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know shit. They really don't. They don't have, they don't have inner source. They don't have people in my inner circle who are sources. I can promise you that. And anybody who would talk to them is not in my inner circle. It's that simple. Yeah. So I've had this planned on the books for four months for the same time. And when someone like that goes on and says something that's not true, it creates a story that's bullshit and it just keeps on going and going and going. And then it's like, I'm trying to insert myself into this conversation. No, what did I say? And you and I talked, Pat, like we did the show last week. I said, it's, you know, after the Super Bowl, I'm gonna go on my darkness retreat. And then I'm, I'm probably gonna have a better sense about where I'm at in my life. I didn't say I'm going to my darkness retreat 
just to figure out if I'm going to play next year or retire, right? So then that narrative got out there. So how many fucking narratives can come from one, <laughs> like, show where they didn't even actually listen to what I said or the intent or the tone? And again, nothing against Rappaport, but he, he doesn't have anybody who knows legitimately what's going on in my life. Well, okay, we so apologize. Him to say something. We apologize. Him to say something Monday through Thursday, I was supposed to be in there. That was never the plan. It hasn't been the plan for four months. So don't make shit up, okay? Like, I don't have your number. You're not going to have my number. You do a great job, but not when it comes to my life, so stop talking about it. All right. I'm happy we're past it. Okay. We hate that we are a part of this negative vibe potentially uh -huh. coming no, up. Like, There's no negative vibe. It's, no, no. it's Valentine's Day. It's all yeah. love. No, hey, 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 hey. And also the darkness retreat, too. Go ahead, we're just We're just recreating. We're, we're, we're correcting a flaw in the system that is let's be first instead of be right. When it comes to me, the majority of these people have not been right. They've tried to be first. So you paint a picture of a person a certain way. And it's, you know, I, I hate to have to do this over and over and over again to, to correct things. But when they say things like somebody at Athletes First said this about where he's going, not true. You know, I just talked to Dave for the first time last week. Somebody, you know, my, my source says he's going to darkness Monday through Thursday, not true. I'm sitting here today, it's Tuesday. Like, come on. Pretty light. It's just stop with the reporting on me because you don't have the right sources and you don't have the truth. Okay. AJ, go ahead, Paul. I know uh, you've said on here you you don't really mind, I guess, being looked at as a villain. And if people, like, say, mock or roll their eyes at certain things you do, like the darkness retreat, you know, talking to with the plant medicine and Mother God or whatever you – how you phrased it, does that make you, like, almost <laughs> double down? Does that make you stronger in your convictions, almost double down, just say, all right, you think I'm going four days. I'm going eight now, buddy. <laughs> no, not really. Um, I have a lot of love and empathy for uh, – for all people, I'm, I'm fascinated by humanity and, and curious about uh, a lot of individuals and what they're into and how they see the world. Um, there was a time where I was uh, judgmental of uh, plant medicine and things like a darkness retreat or therapy or all these different things that kind of the conditioning that I grew up with uh, made me see the world. So uh, totally understand um, any of those thoughts. Um, but ultimately, those are projections, and th those have way more to do with the people making those statements than, than me. So it doesn't stick to me. It doesn't bother me. Um, you know, it just gives me more love and, and I think, empathy for uh, those people. I think we all could use a dose of turn our phone off once in a while and unplugging from society. Um, you know, some people don't want to do a few days uh, and nights uh, in, in darkness. That's fine. But... Um, to just out and out judge it like you have any understanding of it, not exactly the way for us to come together as a, as a society and, and connect uh, connect better as, as people who come from all different walks of life and backgrounds and parts of the country and parts of the world. And we're all just trying to do our best on our journey. For me, this is the you know things that uh, that work for me. I've done many uh, you know similar things to this. I haven't done. Uh, in this specific darkness retreat, but I've done many meditation retreats and um, yoga retreats and, um, you know, things that have uh, stimulated my mind and helped me get in a better, uh, a better, uh, right, better headspace and then have a greater, uh, greater peace in my life. And I think that should be, you know, it doesn't have to be champion, but, um, you know, it's, it's closer to being champion, I think, than, than being just ripped apart and judged, I think, is probably a better way to view it. <laughs> First wave, judgment, and then there was a second wave of people going like, uh, 
Should we be judging this guy on how he wants to find his own happiness? Life is hard enough for everybody. I mean, I know he has a lot of money, but like, like I feel like there was a lot of support in the second wave of people that maybe don't have, you know, the courage to do a darkness retreat, which I think is a pretty, it's a high level of meditation, right? I mean, this is not like, not that there's tears of this, but I've learned a lot about this. I think the world has learned a lot about this since you brought it up. This darkness retreat, I've read into it. I've, look, I've watched a couple of videos of people that have done it. Hey, this is a pretty, Right? I mean, this is a pretty high level. Not a lot of people who are even into meditation can accomplish this, right? This is a big deal in the meditation world, I think. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's just wrapping your head around uh, the silence and then dealing with uh, your thoughts and, um, and everything that comes with the isolation uh, and the darkness. I mean, There's no way I could do it. it, it that's, I texted you yesterday. I said, do, do you have a game plan going into this? Thing? Like, because I've been reading up on it as much as possible and I'm not like judging you for, hey, I got friends that do a lot of stuff to try to find happiness and like do whatever you got to do. I hope you enjoy your time on life. Whatever you need to find yourself, or if you need to find, want to try or learn something about yourself, do whatever you got to do. So I've never been judgmental. I've just always thought of myself in there and I, I can't do it. I, I just, I, obviously I'm not a human that would be able to accomplish that are you going in with a game plan and i after watching that guy do it on the internet he said it was the greatest thing he's ever accomplished in his life and he was a high add uh high dhd guy like me so it was like i almost pivoted a little bit after watching that guy i'm like sensory overload is a real thing do you have a game plan how much have you looked into it do you know what to expect have you seen where you're going to be in and everything like that well, like most things, I really like to do a lot of research on them and, and try and get the whole picture before I kind of uh, dive in or feel strongly about something. So I've, I've talked to a lot of people who've done it. Um, I've, uh, you know, watched a lot of uh, uh, firsthand uh, testimonials about it. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited about it. And listen, it doesn't make, you know, anybody any better for the ability to do something like this. There's no hierarchy in you know my view of spirituality or meditation or mindfulness it's hmm. we're all trying to we're all trying to do our best on on the path that we're on and the beauty in this retreat is there's an open door so if at any time you're like you know what i can't take this shit anymore like you walk out the door there's a light so, switch in there too i think there's i there, i believe there's some light switches too so it's like listen, sitting right it's, there. You're sleeping. You're sleeping. I think I don't know the exact one. I saw a couple different ones. You're sleeping and there's a wall with a light switch right here. Like temptation is sitting mm. right over your head almost at all times. It's like as I was watching our video, I'm like, oh, as soon as I wake up and I bump my foot into the bathtub, I'm like, where the fuck? I'm turning on the light. You know what I mean? Like immediately. <laughs> and that's fine. And that's fine. And that's fine. Then you do it. It's not it's. Literally, if you want to do that, then you do that. Yeah, I think that's the beauty in this. Yeah, but it's dark. Do you have to come out, though, then? Do they somehow, does an alarm go off and they, you, hey, you No, fell. you can come out. You can go back in if you want. I think the design is to sit in those tough moments. Um, filming it? In any, in, listen, in, in, in any adversity in life, I think a lot of the, the growth is, I don't know what AJ just said. It must have been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are they filming you? Yeah, yeah, obviously. They got to monitor you, man. Honestly, who, where's that footage go? I know you're very paranoid. Are you worried about that? I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about the footage that's coming from this, buddy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Four days in there, it might get weird. <laughs> How many times are you going to say, I was born in the dark? You know what I mean? Like, I would, I'd probably get on, you're going to sing in there? You think about singing it? You're just, can't wait. You're just taking whatever. 
Just wait for the videos. Wait for the videos. What is it, closed circuit? They have to keep an eye on you, I assume. That's probably a good call because anything could happen. Yeah. Two-way mirror. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely make some of the videos available to, uh, to your crowd, to your oh. audience. Really? So you, can, you can hear all the singing and the interpretive dance uh, and the animal noises and everything else. Are you going to be doing a Wim Hof in there? <laughs> Are you going to be doing that in there, a little yoga? I seen the guy that I was watching was doing downward dog a lot, a lot of stretching in there. Are you really filming this all? Possibly. Oh, shit. Okay. Because okay. I think you would want to film it, right? Because the thoughts that you're going through, you want maybe want to remember them and remind yourself of them and speak, right? The, you would the probably... toilet's right out in the open, though. Isn't the toilet right in the middle of the room? It's, it's like... in the middle of the room, yeah. Yes. That's some of the best footage, probably. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, if you go in there with a laxative, a heavy laxative, you know, you can get, uh, you know, a lot of cleansing done, I think. I'm excited, sir. So are you going in there... Obviously, you're thinking about football still, right? Football as a whole, life as a whole. What, are, what is like the overall thought? Is it for life? Is it for the football decision? Because obviously you said, I, I didn't say I was going in there and I know exactly what I'm going to do, but I assume that's going to come up in conversation with yourself in there. Is, that, is there a plan of it, what you're going to, like for instance, I'm going to Hawaii next week or in a couple of days. Yeah. No big deal. Can't wait to get there. Hell fucking yeah. throwing shakas all over the place over there. Fucking love ya. Hell yeah. Aloha. Hell yeah. Much mana Much ooze. mana ooze. Hell yeah. I'm doing all. I can't wait to get out there. I have a plan. I, I plan on just staring at the ocean. I need light, but I'll stare at the ocean. I think the whales will come do their thing. I don't know if they're fucking or giving birth, but they will be there doing it. And I just stare out there and I have like a mind like, all right, I need to think about this. I need to figure this out and I need to figure this out. Not saying I'm doing them in order, but those are three topics that I'm kind of going out there, like trying to figure out as I get lost in there. Do you have that mindset as you're going in there or is it just, we'll kind of see where the brain goes whenever you get in? I think it's, it's more of a surrender to the whatever thoughts come through. I think part of it um, in some of my favorite meditations have been, uh, how can I slow the mind down and as I slow the mind down, then really the desires of my heart can kind of come to mind. Anytime I've gone into a meditation retreat or a medicine ceremony or something with a clear intention, this is going to happen. I'm going to call this in and I'm going to do this and answer this question. It never happens like that. It just doesn't happen. I think the, the healing and the best medicine is going in. Surrender to the process. Uh, okay, I'm going to be here four days. Um, I'm going to eat once a day. I'm going to rest and try and find the deepest amount of rest and relaxation. And when I do, then I'm trusting that the right uh, messages and intuition will come through. That's awesome. Well, good luck in there. Hey, good luck in there, dude. You got it, man. AQ has a question for you, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. I see AQ at the desk, man. That's big time, buddy. That a baby AQ? Moving up. Moving hey, that a baby AQ? Hey, when you do, so with, with the plant medicine and also this darkness thing, is there a part of you, one, that ever gets scared? that there could be negative effects coming out of this? And are you scared of anything? Great questions. Great questions. Um, Hi, baby. Thank you. Let's go, Al. I think there's naturally uh, some fear that comes up for any of this, uh, fear of the unknown, um, but not really fear of the process. Um, there's a lot of trust in, uh, in the medicine space. Uh, I don't go into the medicine space uh, blind. Uh, at all. Like I go in with uh, the uh, highest quality 
maestros and maestras and the highest quality facilitation so that uh, the experience can have the greatest chance to be a positive. Um, there's, I think, fears that we always have to get through um, of the unknown, but the surrender, I believe, allows you to, um, whatever needs to come through can come through. When it comes to fears, I have two main ones just in life. One is heights. I've always been afraid of heights. And the other is sharks. Sharks are scary. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about heights. It's not really the height, right? It's the fall? It's the urge to jump. Yeah, why does that happen? Why do humans have that? Why, what is our problem? I don't know, it's really weird, but it happens. <laughs> I've been on top of the Empire State Building when we came uh, to New York in 2005. Um, for the draft process, we came for a few days early and we went to the Empire. Everybody was juiced on that and I was terrified. I, one of the most terrified I've ever been in my life was we were in Detroit playing the Lions and the night before we were staying at this hotel that's right on the water and it has like a restaurant in Seve's second floor and the elevator is on the outside of the building. Oh, no so way. So after you get up about five floors, you're on the outside of the building and, and literally like the ground is right down there. I mean, whole body sweats, whole body. Hey, that's good. That's home, hometown advantage right there. Definitely. Make sure the only hotel the team can stay in has a nightmare to get from floor to floor <laughs> on the outside of it. That's Have you ever skydived or anything like that? No, I'd like to. I really would. I, I did Shark Week uh, a few years ago. White was male. In the water with Makes a, sense. A really big uh, blue shark. It was like 11-foot blue shark, and I actually touched it on its nose. Um, Whoa. Is it one of those, like, drugged-up ones, or is this out in the middle of the ocean? No, this was a wild one. Xanax. This was definitely a wild one. Don't they, what do they do? They feed them a bunch of food beforehand, get yeah. them all like Thanksgiving dinner. Get them all doped up, yeah, they're, yeah. they're zombies. Thanksgiving dinner, and then you go, oh, look at me, I'm all riding a shark. And then it's like obviously a white person because it's Shark Week. Every 30 minutes, new group of white people hopping into shark-infested waters. We're watching, hoping one of them gets attacked. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, they don't. And then we move on to next Shark Week, right? That's what Shark Week is? Bingo. Nailed I think so, I think so. <laughs> it was always on during training camp. It was always on during training camp, and I don't sleep well, let alone when I'm in, like, a dorm room. So I was watching just, like, four hours straight every night of Shark Week, and it was like, here we go. These are the guys that are going to die, I think. This is the guy. These are the guys that are going to go out there. That's awesome. You're afraid of sharks? Never happens, though. Never happens. Matt, Poopy's, make... Poopy's got bit. Poopy's got a bad hand <laughs> injury. true. If you saw that or not. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, quick question here. Speaking of fear, you're talking about, uh, about all of this stuff at heights. What are we doing? What's going on? What do we keep shooting down in the sky? What's happening in America? I would assume you have an opinion on this situation. Yeah, and you said something about the unknown there, and I immediately thought, like, oh, the things are flying over Green Bay. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Well, there's been a lot of disclosure recently. Um, there's a lot of uh, yes. old, uh, old papers and files and different things about interactions that Navy pilots have had, especially Navy pilots, I believe, with uh, uh, unidentified flying objects. Um, so this is not surprising. Obviously, there was uh, some sort of Chinese spy balloon that was up in the air. Lasers. Allegedly. And uh, there's been a few other objects that have been shot down. Um, I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. It's interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. 
Um, what? Like what? Well, you're saying things are. You're saying, oh, looky here. Is that what you just said? Ah, 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 bang. That's what you said? Could be some of that, yeah. No, that doesn't happen. No, of course not. Do you hear about Ohio, bro? Do you hear about Ohio, East Palestine? What, what, what's going on now? Dude. They blew up that, that thing and the fish and over there. Yeah. Yep, sounds like you know. Yeah, sounds like sounds yeah. like sounds like you've read up on it. Yeah, sounds. I don't know what blew up, how it blew up. It was on fire for I guess like 20 melees before it ended up derailing and go. There's some wild shit going on right now, Aaron. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released too? Whoa, Allegedly, yeah, I assume whoa. we have to say because I'm getting sued by a guy that used to uh, be a starting quarterback in which you were a backup quarterback. But what's that? What are you talking about? There's some files that have, have some names on it that might be uh, getting released pretty soon. Oh. Are you on there? You know, Look out, AJ. You know, Maxwell was the only, you know, person ever, ever uh, convicted answer. of, of uh, trafficking and nobody who was involved in the trafficking ever went to jail. So nothing to see here. No, nothing. Look, there's uh, UFOs flying over. We just shot them down. Johnny Depp trial. Hey, oh, that, yeah. that'll help. Uh, that'll do that whole thing. That's what you're saying, obviously. I'm excited to see how this whole thing... You know... There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on right now. Hold on. Think about you. Think about you, okay? Let me do this real quick. I'll, give me, I'll give a visual thing here. Can you go to the wide shot, please? Okay, so... This thing isn't... <laughs> let me get these lights. So you, there's a chance, all right? Can you go to zero on... Uh, Zito, can you go to zero on gym light? here whenever I do this, right? Three, here's you, okay? You go into the darkness. You're into the darkness out here. See, they're probably gonna have to zoom out. Here you are, okay? Holy shit. Touching your toes, doing that whole thing, sleeping, bopping, probably. <laughs> probably a lot of yep. bopping. Four, a lot of it. Four days pass, okay? You come back out here. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, Aaron, we met our first four aliens. Yeah. Uh, there was this happened. The Epstein list came out. Like, are you ready for that? Are you going to, is that potentially what you're going to be thinking about while you're in the darkness? Like, what is going on in the real world right now? Because you're in a time where shit's happening that has never happened before. Have you thought about that at all, potentially changing your life? I mean, that is an exciting, exciting thing to, to unplug for that long. And Craziest time to unplug, I think, in, I mean, I guess when COVID started. Well, I don't that would have been. Every, Listen, every time in, in history, there's eras that are, that are, you know, more exciting than others. Or There's a lot going on in the world. It's very unstable in many ways. It's unstable in the country. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a school, there was a shooting, right, last night. Yeah, sad. Uh, unfortunately, there's uh, stuff going on in the skies. There's uh, politics is an absolute, I mean, sham, but it's also a mess. Of course. Um, so there's there's uh, there's a lot going on, and uh, my story in my darkness pales in comparison to uh, you know what's going on in the world, and uh, I enjoy that in this little tiny world that people have an interest in in some of the things that I do. And dude, uh, when you come out of that, I'm excited for the briefing that you get. Like, all right, here's the deal. <laughs> We are in World War III. Okay. Mm -hmm. You cannot go back to Green Bay. All airspace has been shut down from here to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Malibu, you can't get there either. You're, no. kind of, you're gonna have to walk. This is the last of us. I don't know if you've seen that before you got in. You're gonna have to walk it. Like that would be, just coming from like the most peaceful place of all time, the most enlightening place of all time. Oh, that was amazing. All right, let me come out of here. 
What's going on? Here's a helmet. Here's an AK. We are in war. Good luck out there. That is I'm doing, I'm doing four days, and I know somebody that did 30. So that's a real thing. You come out after 30 Psychopath. days. It's like being in a coma. Like, uh, what happened? What did I miss? Hold on. 30? I didn't know that was even possible. Because old cuz that I saw did five days. I saw an eight-day one. I didn't know there was a 30-day isolation go in the hole. That, that happens? 30. That's hard time. Like, yeah, people get that in jail. It's like you're, they're, they're treating this guy cruel and unusual. Yeah, a month of prison. And they're, oh my God. But the guy in the, the uh, what's the movie with Jamie Foxx and uh, Butler? Law when he wanted to go in the hole. Oh, and yeah. then he got out and was still killing people. Yeah, yeah that the was brain. Sick, Excellent film. Great movie. How about that little robot thing? Uh, the little. With the turret on it? On the in missile? The, in, the in the cemetery? Yeah. Ooh, the robot turret, like in uh, The Jackal? One of AJ's favorite movies with uh, Richard Gere. Oh, and, uh, oh. okay. Yeah. Richard Gere is Have I his seen favorite. That? Why do you bring up Richard Gere? Because you're your favorite actor. He's, a, he's one of your favorite actor. actors. He's a great actor. What are you saying about him? What else do you know about him, AJ? That he's been a great actor for the last five decades, probably. Where else has he been? I don't know, all over the world? As a, he's traveled the world because he's a superstar? Yeah, but why would Aaron just bring up a movie that had Richard Gere in it question. to you, you think? To you, most. I have no. You think any? He doesn't understand his own brain. How's he gonna understand what he's saying to me? <laughs> Come on now. Let's get real. Uh, Connor has a question for you, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Before you go into the darkness, do you want to like go over some of your favorite things? Like you know, favorite color, favorite book, favorite vaccine, favorite movie, favorite you know, <laughs> football team. Maybe just kind of go through some of these things. So when you come out after the darkness, maybe we can see what has changed per se. Smart. That's a good question. Yeah, favorite great song. Idea. Great baseline idea. test. All right. Yeah. Pre-darkness. Pre-darkness. Okay. Pre-post. Yep. Yep. Favorite band. Hootie. Favorite band. Yeah. Barbara Streisand. Does that count? Okay. Barbara Streisand. All right. Favorite food. Um. Cauliflower. Are you a vegan? Really? Hmm. What? Are you a vegan? No. What if he comes out? What if you come out and you're a vegan? Yeah. Have right. you thought about that? Ooh. Not gonna happen. Never I think there's a chance. Isn't that what we're going in there for? Like to to have deep change? No. To be a vegan? No. No, not to be a vegan, but to have like super deep thoughts, right? Isn't that what you're gonna go in there for? Do you think you're no, gonna I'm have? Gonna eat, I like I like I like to eat. Uh, animals yeah that are oh that are taken care of very nicely and kindly and okay. live a long life okay yes likes to eat animals greener pasture chicken okay how many uh how many hours a night do you sleep roughly you had to guess seven seven hours. are you are you on a like uh what mark Wahlberg did he wakes up 2 30 yep strict regiment plays 18 holes mm -hmm. workshop plays nine holes praise wakes the kids up you lazy fucks yes. i've already been up i've already played 27 holes uh -huh. what are you doing takes them to school praise eats breakfast mm -hmm. works out again has pre-brunch with yeah. the wife work meetings Boom. and then the rock like same thing up at four lifting for four hours yep. waking everybody else up in the house then time. doing his whole, thinking of a new product that he can sell and make a billion dollars are you one of those very regimented humans no i mean aj tried to get me on the uh <clears throat> the russell wilson plan that he heard when he talked to russ fuse back god um, about like it was like up at 
was it 4.30 or 5, I think? This is when he was still playing, and, you know, like, he was watching the film uh, before, uh, you know, he woke up, uh, he got on the Versa and woke up uh, Laura and, and kids and stuff, but I just, I like, listen, I want to wake up with uh, a 6 on the clock and go to bed with a 11 on the clock. Okay, so we are a little regimented. 11-11, bro. Oh, let's make a wish. I wish you success in the darkness. All right. Good luck out there, man. Thanks, bro. Where's Foxy? What's he doing? Foxy, so we weren't- Did he get fired finally? (laughs) No. (laughs) Foxy never get fired. Foxy knows that. Uh, Well, wait. Could. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in 10 years? You know what I mean? There's, True. Hopefully, we'll always just be kumbaya, everybody in this building. That'd be sweet if we could just bottle it and be like this forever, but maybe not realistic. Foxy will never get fired, though. I will say that. He has that leverage over me for now. But we weren't going to have a show Tuesday. I wasn't leaving until tomorrow. You said, hey, let's do another Aaron Rodgers. I said, hell yeah, why not? You're going in the darkness, got nothing to do. Some of the boys here, some of the boys are not. No big deal. Just kept it moving. So, Ty, he's out in the bot. Wait till you see Tone. When he gets mm-hmm. back. Whole new tone. Tone's going to be a whole new tone when he comes back, I think. Is he getting that lap band surgery? He's doing a darkness retreat. <laughs> tone, you, you look good. You look great, Tone. Tone, tone you look good. That was fucked up. What, what is Tone doing? No, no, I, I don't want to. I'm not giving away. You said he's doing a whole, a whole new. What, what, did he get a nose job? Just wait. You'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's doing that. be cool. Wait till you see. You'll be a whole new guy. Foxy's going to get more handsome somehow. But it's going to be nice to check out, man. It is. It, uh, darkness retreat and then what? Immediately home? Yeah. Yeah, for a few days and then um, and then a weekend trip. And then, uh, and then it'll be just about March, I guess. March 1st. Ooh. Hey, quick. Uh, I got a few I have a few housekeeping uh, questions before we might ask about the future of what you do in football. You got to go? Yeah, what do you have? Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, okay. Uh, and I'm serious here. When you, you're going to think I'm joking. What if you have to take a leak? And you, how do you not piss all over the room? You got to reach down and find the toilet seat and rub it with your hands? Like, honestly, that stuff, all those little things like that, is that stuff you're supposed to work through? Have you talked to people in the past about this? How do you piss? Before, like, before you uh, turn the lights off, you get a good mental image of, of the room and <clears throat> make sure you know where the pisser is and where the bathtub is and uh, where the food uh, food comes in. And Do they that. limit your water use at all? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Yeah, you have a good recall. I think that's a good deal. Great right? recall. That's good Great for recall. you going in. Play recall. What else? And they're just brimming with questions about this. Now, more might pop up, and I'll let the boys go if they have stuff. I'm sure AQ has something else. Yeah, I think it's a bath in there, too, right? Not a shower? I believe so, yes. Okay, is the water just always in it, or how do you know? I think you just run the bath like a normal bath, and then, and then drain it at the end. What about poop? Are you taking a bath after every poop? <laughs> possible yeah yeah because that's a big part of it being able to see is a big part the only weird thing though is it not weird though to take a shit and then and then take a bath you gotta burn you're kind of like you're you're sitting in no you gotta bird bath it dude you gotta do the 
You gotta go. Like the bidet? Yeah. The bidet? Yeah, I think you gotta do one of those. Got a bird bath in there. Because it's gonna be tough. You're just gonna wipe until that thing's raw, I guess, because. Yeah. So you're bleeding. Not you're, gonna not gonna be able to see it. you're not gonna be able to see it. You know, you see the little red in the, in the toilet paper, then you know you're done. You're not see By that. smell. One meal a day, though, maybe not that. Less dumps. Yeah, the this first. First dump's the toughest one, I think. The first dump's going to be the toughest one, both because you're getting used to it, and it's the real dump from pre-darkness food as opposed to the darkness food. And that toilet paper's got to suck, too. Yeah, but no, it's going to get... No, it's probably really... Yeah, I, that's probably triple ply, I assume. They, they probably got some real... Some leaves. They got some real tender... It's probably single, to be honest. Boom. Really? It's probably single. Bring wet wipes. Well, let's stack that thing up. Make sure you're four or five deep because your finger, you don't want to be. Exactly. Because then you got poop on your fingernail. And then. Poop on your fingernail. And we don't need that because then, you know, that's a whole. AQ has a question for you. I'm so sorry. Jeez Louise. You said you do all the research on this. Okay, so whenever you come out of this, how long does it take your eyes to readjust to the world? It takes a few hours usually. It's different for everybody, but it takes a few hours for sure. Um. There's some integration afterwards uh, with uh, the people that, uh, that run the retreat center. Um, so you're really easing back. You're not like you're not right. Turn your phone back on, go right back in the real, real world. You're, it's probably eight to ten hours of kind of readjusting back to the light. Your eyes takes, um, you know, for most people, it's about uh, two to three hours okay so you're 104 hours if you count that eight hour post game mm -hmm. okay so obviously right i think that does the math yeah, four times 24 96 804 yeah. 104 hours i'm excited to see what you come out like on the other side of that we appreciate the hell out of you this season man it has been a blast this year obviously much different than the past two years you showed up every single week sat in the pocket when a lot of shit was being said about you we appreciate the hell out of you and we apologize for potentially being a platform that has got you into some stuff most most specifically darkness retreat conversations of dates and times and things like that but we love and appreciate the hell out of you man listen i appreciate you guys so much and even the boys that aren't here it's been fun uh, every single week it uh it's a great opportunity to uh share my thoughts on tuesdays before uh, the wednesdays come around during the season and i really enjoy it um I think we've created um, an uh, interview style that other people are trying to copy, you know, and I think that's a lot to be said for that um, because there's some rawness to it. It's not the bullshit, the robotic, same standardization of answers that people do. And you've seen some other people probably try to do some similar stuff, um, which I think is the greatest compliment that they can give us, right? So kudos to, to you, Pat, to everything that you do, the way you take care of your boys. Obviously, I love my brother, AJ, um, and uh, he says so much shit that uh, is literally an inside joke that 99.9% .9 of the people have no idea that he's hitting me in some triggering spots, but I appreciate the hell out of you, AJ, and uh, uh, it's been a lot of fun, so I, I really do uh, appreciate the opportunity. We've definitely got ourselves in some hot water, but I think we've always tried to, you know, tried to speak honestly, and we certainly and, uh, have. 
and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to be on here every single week. Again, no, look, I have no uh, no animosity towards Ian or Adam or anybody trying to do their job, but I'm here to set the record straight when they fall a little short. And all I can say to those guys is when it comes to me, just either ask me, which is impossible, they don't have their number, yeah. Or ask somebody who actually knows if you really, really need something. And if somebody tells you, they're probably not in the inner circle. So you can put that all together. Shout out to that. Whoever that was just got dunked on for at the beginning of this yeah. thing and at the end of this thing. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah, so are you saying, like, can we count on talking to you next year on Tuesdays on your off day when you're playing for the Packers? Oh, great question, AJ. Listen, I would love to uh, to continue uh, with it. It's a lot of fun for me, regardless of what uh, what I decide to do. I would love to uh, continue to talk to you guys in some capacity, um, but uh, we'll kind of meet that bridge when we uh, when we get there. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's a great way to get out and not answering that because AJ did frame that pretty perfectly. Even yeah. added at the end for the Packers too. Even oh yeah, you know got those. Remember, Colts got a new offensive-minded uh, head coach. Whenever we go into the darkness, the Jets uh, mm -hmm. already looking in. Obviously, when we go into the darkness, Raiders obviously looking in. But Green Bay, hey, home sweet home. We can't thank you enough, Aaron. You're the fucking greatest, pal. 18 years, man. That's a long time. That's, that's always gonna be home. Buying cigs and stuff. A lot of cigs. <laughs> Lottery tickets and stuff. What? You know what I mean? 18 years is a long, long time in one place. Will you continue to play football? Will you play for the Packers? Will you go elsewhere? We will continue to ask as you go and experience the darkness retreat starting on Thursday. You're the best, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. It, it, again, it, that's not correct. It's not Thursday. Okay. Okay. So let's just not spread misinformation. Okay. All right. Sweet. It's not Monday to Thursday. When's it's not. Starting Thursday, okay? Okay, Wednesday. Hey, here we yeah. Not starting Wednesday either. <laughs> right. This is an end of the week thing. Okay. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Saturday, just, we're going in. Saturday. Saturday. Friday. <laughs> Let's just not spread any more okay. fake news, okay? Okay, you got it. Got Let's it. Say, uh, Sounds like Friday. And again, hey, you have fun wherever you're going. I know where you're going, but I'm not going to put you on blast. Thank you. AJ, you get back to being a dad for once. Um, One time. And everybody else, uh, thank you guys. Connor, AQ, Ty, wherever you're at, you Tone, yeah. all the boys in the back. Man. Appreciate you guys. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate you. We love you, man. Good luck in there. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron! So I think it's Friday, what'd you, maybe? What did you learn? Friday. You I, learn? Think, I think I learned it's Friday or Saturday. What did you learn? Yeah. Sounds like a weekend thing. No, he said... End the week thing. Yes. What if he What if he messed up and he, he actually booked himself like it's some dude. It's like he shows up and it's some meth head with a trailer. He's like, here's your room, bud. Hey, it's going to be dark in there. They told me I, I put the dark duct tape on uh -huh. her. Got the dark curtains. Everything. They, you Now, we can't hit the button. You're going to have to close it yourself. But they say pitch black whenever you close that thing. They promised me. You're my first guest. And so <laughs> this is awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That would be. How about how much research he's probably done? Remember, whenever the COVID vaccine conversation around Aaron started, he came on the show. The first time it came up on the show, 
He said he had a 500-page report. That's right. That he had done mm -hmm. with doctors, and then he also added in there uh, Joe Rogan was a part of it. Everybody mm -hmm. forgot about the doctors being said. All they said was this guy's got Joe Rogan writing a 500-page report. He's like, well, he also said doctors and other people helped him out. But whenever he showed up with a 500-page report, and then he had remember he did a he did a full. Oh yeah. He had a he, slides. Yeah, he had like a 50-slide PowerPoint. And people were like, you aren't asking enough questions. Yeah, he it's doesn't like, know. What the fuck do you think? I, excuse me. You think I have a 500-page fucking report on how these vaccines respond to bodies? Absolutely. He, I assume he knows exactly what he's walking into with this darkness retreat. Yes. And uh, I am excited to see how he comes out on the other side and how he wipes his butt. Bingo. You know what I mean? I hope he brings one. I mean, guys. all of those things I feel like are of equal importance. Like, how, do, how does all this happen? Yeah, because if you got a bad case of monkey butt, Bingo. you're probably going to want to get out of there. Yeah, and you got single ply TP. Can you request things like, hey, can I get some mouthwash or something? Like a rider. Like, toothbrush. Yeah. yeah, does he have a rider? He might. I need M&Ms. They're back, I guess. They were gone? Yeah, they're back. They, they, they were it was kind of like one of the peanut situations where they kill Mr. Peanut before the Super Bowl. Super Bowl what? commercial, bring back baby peanut. Remember baby nut? Yeah, I do remember baby yeah. nut. Yeah, I think that's what they were doing, the M&Ms. That was a weird, I didn't understand the M&M commercial. We're back, we're back. I'm like, fuck, were you guys gone? Yeah, they killed Yeah, them. they canceled them. Mm -hmm. M&Ms got canceled? Yeah. Just as a whole? Wait. No, just the, the, uh, the faces of The them. actual yeah. M&Ms. Yes. With the shoes and the arms and the commercials. What'd they do? Why what did happened? They cancel? What'd they, they say? Well, they they, 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 they didn't get vaccinated? They said something about something white do, chocolate. Yeah, it had something to do with their sexy shoes they were wearing. Uh, Tried to normalize everybody else wear the same shoes. Is shoe. this serious? Are they real? The M&M's were yeah. canceled? Yes. This is real. <laughs> Are you guys being serious? I don't know if this is real life. I hate it. AQ this was just real. banging his head off the microphone. Well, they're back. So they, I guess, in the big 113 million people saw that they're back. So they came and danced in the face of cancellation. Oh, yeah. Uh, good Good luck to the M&Ms remaining back, I guess. Well, I mean, Will Ferrell's back. Will Ferrell crushed it in that yeah, commercial. crushed. That was, that was some of the funniest shit Will Ferrell's been a part of a long time. We also think he probably has a Netflix deal coming out. Bingo. Because all of the things that he was doing was all part of the Netflix family. Mm -hmm. Seems like he's got his fastball back. Yeah, and he, he just had that movie on Apple TV. So I'm, he also had a show on Apple Spirit? TV, Spirited with Ryan Reynolds. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, my kids. Loved it? It's like it's a, like a play on... Uh, Christmas Carol, right? Yeah, I think a nightmare Christmas before Carol. Christmas. Or Stooge or uh, Scrooge? Bingo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's Scrooge? I uh, know, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan I believe, Reynolds. is Scrooge, and he's the ghost. That's, hey, come on, Ryan. Christmas past. Enjoy yeah. Christmas. Bingo, yeah. Enjoy he, life. Get a show with Paul Rudd, too. AJ, what you learned from that combo? I don't know. I mean, I guess we learned that, what's he saying? You don't know any, nobody knows what he's doing? Oh, yeah. So he don't, dunked, don't act like you do? Hey, he took a shot at somebody. Yeah. A couple times in there. AJ, do you know who that was that he was taking a shot at? No, I think the media as a whole, but I'm saying as like... No, no, no. I don't know if whatever the source that Ian has, that's the inner circle. as to who that would be. That, that's the person that I think was getting dunked on there. I don't yeah. think he knows who that would be right now. Yeah, but he's probably just assuming like um, Ian had to have had a source, right? Ian said, I trust my source. I like Yeah, my but source. he's saying whoever your source is doesn't know me, doesn't know mark. anything of what I'm doing. So it's that person knows, though. That person just that got dunked person. on right now. Right. Yeah, and then is Ian calling that person like, hey, man, I doubled down on this. Yeah, and then Ian's like, I don't know if you heard, you fucking loser. You are not in the circle <laughs> yeah. anymore. There's a Sorry. 
There's a, uh, by the way, I'm not in the inner circle either. I didn't get the. No. I, I was trying to get which day we were going in there. Uh, got to be Friday or Saturday. Right? Got to be Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Just by the way. Sunday starts the new week. End of the week. He said it wasn't Thursday. We got two options left. <laughs> Does it matter? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. But it was like kind of a hilarious thing there at the end. Like, Guessing. can we figure out the day? So whenever you lead with Thursday and he goes, nah, shut up. <laughs> Don't be doing this misinformation. It's like, oh. We have breaking news. We have breaking news in the NFL world. Let's pivot away from the darkness retreat into the desert. The Arizona Cardinals have hired Gannon Gannon as their head coach for this upcoming season. Adam Schefter is reporting Cardinals are finalizing a deal with former Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon Gannon to become their new head coach. Sources tell ESPN the last head coach opening of this hiring cycle is being filled. Eagles now are losing both their defensive and offensive coordinators on the same day. The same day happens be two days after the Super Bowl in which they were just dancing in. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles have a lot of people that they're, they're going to have to repay or have return and not retire to be able to make a run with a roster. Now they have to fulfill a coaching staff that was incredibly talented and obviously put them in a position to win the goddamn Super Bowl. That's something that's very difficult. Now we have Steichen here in Indianapolis and Gannon goes down with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Congrats to them. And this is the old adage. When you win, there's enough to go around. It just might not be here congrats to Gannon and the Cardinals getting their guy yeah you're you become like a product of your own success like the Eagles do all this they do all this great stuff yeah unfortunately they lose in the Super Bowl but man replacing your O and D coordinators both in the same year is not an easy thing to do and Nick Sirianni and his young uh, what second year as a head coach man it's a lot to, to yeah. deal with and try to figure out how do I how do we continue this how do we continue this greatness like that's why we talk about all this time like consistency in the NFL is is very, very difficult to do. Sirianni's coaching tree is hilarious yes. already. Yeah. Two years in. Jeez. Two years in, already got a couple head coaches underneath him. And that's what Man. that's a compliment, ultimately. Ultimate compliment to Nick Sirianni. And you would think on the offensive side, they'd be in a little bit better spot because Sirianni at one point did call plays. Now, they were not as fantastic, and that was at the beginning of Jalen's career. So is Jalen a different player? Will he regain the play-calling duties, or will he continue to delegate to somebody else? But on the defensive side, that's a whole new staff, no? Oh, yeah. Isn't that a whole new staff that has to come in? Or you think they'll just hire from within i guess we'll find out depends if they hire from yeah if you hire from within then you could expect them to keep some of the people around i guess the position coaches but a lot of times if a new guy comes in he may keep one or two but usually they won't keep the whole staff well, it depends with what they do with the staff at arizona right because vance joseph and them are still there just like the colts with the uh, uh whatever his name is gus bradley there vance is. joseph three four personnel gannon four three personnel do they keep vance joseph oh do they adjust gannon's gonna be calling plays right i assume you would assume yeah, and I believe the Eagles promoted a either an offensive line coach or an offensive coach to OC. Okay, so they're hiring from within, so we yes. don't have to change the entire system that Jalen has learned, which is good with Sirianni there. Yeah. I assume that was a natural fit. Be interested to see what they do on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of names up, too. Cox, Wag, mm-hmm. Graham, Wag, Sue, Wag, Joseph, Wag, Hargraves. Hargraves. Reddick. Is Reddick up? I, don't, I think he's... I don't know, Robert Quinn, I believe. Even though he's going to get paid whenever he is. Yes, definitely going to get paid. I heard a little bit more about his story, you know, Temple. Temple, Matt Rule guy, right? In Temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think from, you know, obviously incredibly difficult circumstances yeah. growing up. He's a dog. Dog. 
Absolute dog. Yeah, he's a hell of a football player. Be excited to see what the Philadelphia Eagles become. And the Philadelphia fans, I assume, just naturally are going to think, oh, we were, we're going to suck. We yeah, lose all of our coaches. We lose our players. I have faith in Jalen Hurts and Sirianni. I think they're going to be back in the Super Bowl during their tenure. But congrats to the Cardinals finding their person. Surprising it's not an offensive person with Kyler Murray. Yeah, a little bit. But from what we heard about their head coaching pattern, right, it kind of makes sense What now. was that, AQ? Yeah, so that's what that's kind of every time they've so when they went Bruce Arians they went full tilt the other way defense go with Wilkes, then when that doesn't work they go full tilt the other way to Cliff Kingsbury when that doesn't work now we go back full to the defense. Tilt. I'll be excited to see how it goes because if Kyler has success that person's going to get a head coaching job and they're going to have to do that again get somebody that gets along with Kyler you know and let's assume. Kyler and Cliff just weren't right, and that's an anomaly of Kyler's situation. And going forward, he'll be able to be able to get along and do whatever he, he's asked with whatever offense that comes. But that's a real that's a real dilemma for a defensive head coach in this modern era of offensive weaponry and quarterbacks being the most important people of all time. And I doubt this is going to happen. But now that we're talking about it, it is something that like it could be good fodder. I mean, we're talking about Justin Fields getting traded. Whole new coaching staff going to Arizona. They have the third overall pick. Is it that absurd to think that they Arizona? They gave him two hundred million. You think they yeah. trade him? I mean, sure. You you what? You lose one year. You lose some cap space when the cap's going to two twenty. But you're at the third overall pick. Does Gannon think that he'll ever have a pick that high again? Fascinating. Interesting situations brewing everywhere. Chicago, what are they going to do with Justin Fields? Somebody had him going to the Panthers just a couple yep. of days ago. Uh, I don't know if. That, We've had this conversation on this show before about Fields again. He was the most electrifying part of the Bears last year. It felt like that was the only thing that all Bears fans were happy about. It's like Justin Fields is going to be a guy. We figured out how he, he could be a guy. You get the number one pick all of a sudden. There's a lot of, you know, do you leave your potential for show for Mo? You might end up with no, you know? Major? Yeah, I mean, isn't he the only, not the only, but as far as outside looking in from the Chicago fans, Justin Fields is like the one the bright light with that team and the offense. Hey, we got this dude. We know the hardest thing to do is find a quarterback. We feel like we found him. Or am I wrong? Do people, are they split? Whether so, they think he's the guy or not. So Zito's back there. Zito is uh, mad at Justin Fields because he canceled on us. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed off at him. I love the guy, but I'm pissed off. Zito oh, booked yeah. that. Zito was the one that booked that. So then when he cancels on us, Zito got all pissed off. But when you were watching him play football, yes, he was electrifying, wasn't he? It was actually like fun to actually see a player, like offensive player out there, like quarterback-wise, actually fucking do what he was, what he did out there. Okay, so we have no idea what will happen with the Bears or the Cardinals, mm -hmm. but congrats to all parties getting coaches and guys becoming head coaches today. Lifelong dreams have come true oh, yeah. for Shane and Gunnan. Gunnan. And in the end, this tweet from Mario Mirov reminds us the Giants retain offense coordinator Kafka and Wink Martindale. And then the Bengals uh, retain Brian Callahan and Lou Anarumo. Uh, the Eagles lose both out of nowhere. So it's a wild coaching cycle. Allegedly, there's calls for the coaching calendar to be adjusted this offseason, which we have been obviously very nice. loud about here because we just put ourselves in the coach's position and in the player's position. Mm -hmm. The biggest games of the year, and then all I got to hear as a player is that my coach is interviewing for fucking 12 hours with another team that week. Like, give the coaches an opportunity to say, I can't do that. I got to focus on this. It makes all parties look good, and if you get a Zoom deal, you can even fucking promote, like, this team is doing a feeler call with this coach for 15 minutes to see if they want to set up an interview after the Super Bowl presented by Zoom. Like, there is just 
so many ways to market this and change the NFL calendar. I'm happy to hear that it's coming into fruition, it sounds like. And on the opposite side, like how many of those guys who interviewed with the Colts are like, what a waste of my fucking time that I just had. Whereas if this were to be pushed till after the Super Bowl, you assume maybe there wouldn't be 15, 12-hour interviews with guys that don't end up getting the job. AJ, what are your thoughts on that? I'd like possibly – I saw something where they're floating that they may be – you can't hire anybody till after the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, there would yeah. be a window. But, but those teams that fire their, their head coach at the end of the season, how many weeks do they have where they know who their guy is but they can't officially hire him? I'll tell you what. We fired our coach week 10. We didn't have our head coach till today. Yeah. So can you start reaching out then? 35-plus days, they said, is how long it took the Colts to find our head coach. It's like we haven't had a head coach since week 10 or week 11 when Jeff Saturday was named the interim head coach. Now, granted, I think a lot of people thought Jeff Saturday was going to get this gig. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, Bradley, defense coordinator, still there. He worked with Steichen, I believe, in Los Angeles or with the Chargers if yes. they were in San Diego at the time. And he was allegedly going to be kept around regardless of who was hired. That's why they weren't allowing Gus Bradley to go interview anywhere else. So I think we have the defensive thing still in place. Steichen's going to bring his crew in. Colts winning the Super Bowl. I don't know about the Cardinals. Colts winning the Super Bowl. Fucking I agree. about that. Congrats. Jim Irsay said, I like that guy from Alabama, though. That's uh-huh. what – because Chris Ballard said <laughs> – Chris Ballard said uh, – because Jim Irsay was talking about the draft being at number four. And he literally, in the video that I watched, he said um, – he said, you know, number four, there's a lot of options. Do we stay there? Do we trade up? And, you know, what do we do? And Chris Ballard goes, or trade back, or mm-hmm. trade back. Chris Ballard actually, like, chimes in from out of camera. Wasn't even in camera. Chris Ballard goes, oh, or we trade back. And Jim goes, this guy loves picks. This guy loves picks. And I don't know. That guy from Alabama looks pretty good. So we almost heard in the press conference Jim Mercer and Chris Ballard's conversation that is happening actively Bingo. behind the scenes right now. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, Jim Mercer tipped his cap. Jim Mercer tipped – He's the number four overall pick. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. Exactly. Right? There, there ain't nothing that is going to change. And why not? Why not continue to throw stuff out there? He can. He can give a thousand opinions. It's great. It throws everybody off the scent because we. He could. We could easily say, I don't know. Maybe he's trolling us, and he's in a great spot. I think. So here's my poker style, and some people very much hate it. Others enjoy the hell out of me being at the table. Okay. I will say what I have, very early in the game. I'm showing my cards, too. Oh, don't show your cards. These people that are better at poker than you are just going to be able to after pick. You, after you win the pot, you'll tell them. No, e- even if I lose. Even if I lose, I will show. Oh, th- I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Like- not before. You won't show them your hand, your hand before every, the hand is done. No, but I'll or tell them. You? I'll tell them. Unless okay. you got, unless, uh, hey, unless, okay. I got trips, right? Unless you got something good, I would be very careful. You know, and some people try to get very quiet. Some people try to be yeah. themselves. Not me. I'm like, yo. That'd be tough. You'd be a tough opponent, I think, because you never know. Oh, yeah. So then I show it too boom huh i wouldn't lie to you next time i'm telling the truth again probably i'm telling the truth again here we go i'm mixing up but then you know yeah. as the night goes on yeah there's just that doubt that creeps in there and it's like Ugh. when i later i go Ugh. i think i got it I, I think i in their head they're like this motherfucker as soon as he sat down showed me he had it said he had it does he have it like that maybe jim mercy's doing that too jim mercy might be a great card player right now we have no idea what Jim Mercer's thinking or saying, yeah. but obviously he's getting judged for tipping his hand right now. I would like to go on record as saying, Jim, <laughs> Bryce Young, I understand he's a Steph Curry and he's very good. I think he's five foot ten. There is numerous six foot four guys that are available right now. Two of them can run really well and spin it, which Shane Steichen does very well. So I think there is, uh, you know, I just. Chris Ballard sounds like he still has a lot of 
input in what's going on, and Jim are going to have their convo. Excited to see what the Colts do. Plus 20,000 wins through Bowl, AJ. Plus 20,000. I mean, Good plus 20,000, that might. So that, you're going to take a flyer, I would imagine you. I would imagine, though, if you place a bet right now, you're not going to remember next year. Are you? Uh, no, it sits in your active bets, remember? I guess yeah, I, I sit there so you're good. So it's like a nice, hey, free money, look at this, I hit. Yeah, for instance, I bet on the Rams to win the Super Bowl, put like 1000 on it, and then, oh, I don't yeah. know, by like week five, they were like, would you like to cash out for 220 bucks or whatever? I'm like, <laughs> did you do it? No, we're fucked. Yeah, and then it got sorry. down to like 50 bucks by uh -huh. the end. Would you like to cash out? I'm like... <laughs> No, just fuck it. I don't just deserve it. it. I don't. It is sitting there, and I'm staring it down. So there's a chance that happens with the Colts next year, but it's for a hundred grand. So it's worth a shot, right? Shit on it. There is something that has to happen to wrap up this beautiful season, AJ. Oh yeah. What could that be? I know there's a, a big, beautiful man sitting there with a shaved head. There is, isn't there? There's a big, beautiful, bald man who has kind of shorter arms. What? And nobody could have expected him to have any success in a leverage game, in a leverage sport. What did he do? Oh, I don't know. 12 years in the NFL, Super Bowl champion. More than a decade. You tell me. He also coached. You tell me. Is that good? You tell us. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for him to tell us what happened in the trenches with A.Q. Shipley. We got a mostly Chiefs uh, segment here. A lot of running. Oh, well, you, were Bob, running. you were Bob and the Eagles, so all the Chiefs. Oh, I was. You were, you were. Oh, my God. Well, well, well. well. Guys, your team lost. Oh, oh shit! Sucks. I will be the first to say the MVP for this offensive line was the fucking grass. Whoa! Whoa. AJ, Orlando, Orlando Brown was on the program. He's a nice guy. What do you mean, AQ? Having said that, they played very well. They played very well. I was very pumped. Listen. They've had 40-something yards rushing in the second round of the playoffs. They had 20-something in the first round. Everybody was like, Andy Reid can't run the ball. They ran the fucking ball, didn't they? Lot, loved yeah. it. Hey, before we get into this, yep. spend, spend the highlight of my week, guys. Hey, it's been Hell a pleasure. Yeah. Huh? It's been an honor and a privilege. Yeah. All of you guys. This, honor, this, this has been unbelievable. I'm sad. I'm sad. But before we get the no, fuck no, out of no, here, it's, no, it's no, about love. On, it's on, about love. On. AJ, we're sad too, aren't we, AJ? Yeah. yeah, we're all sad with you, AQ. That's why I can't wait to watch this whole in the trenches. It's going to be unbelievable. Oh, AJ, oh, AJ really, really hurt yeah, He wants you to get the fuck out of town. AJ's done with this segment. Wanted to have a moment to Go ahead. I appreciate AQ sharing his feelings. I agree, AQ. I like you being a little sentimental. It's true. It's a great thing. It's, it sucks that it's ending, but you know what? Let's enjoy it. You should try it sometime. You're right. Let's not get sad because it's over. Yeah. Let's be glad that it happened. Yeah. There it is. And you it's currently it. happening. You nailed it. Yeah, and AJ always says, I don't want this to be too much of a suck fest, but yeah, it's been a hell of a year. Yeah, don't need right. to go the whole man. time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're not a big bopper on other people. Yeah, we get it. All right, here we go. Let's dive into Thank it. Thank huh? you. We oh, miss yeah. you. We'll yeah. miss you too. Great year. Great year, year out of you. Thank you. Unreal. Thank you guys. No, this, has been, this has been awesome. Seriously. Hey, Philadelphia Eagles line up in a little Cub front. We call it a Cub front because they're in sub personnel. Five down with a single backer. We got a safety here. We got a safety here. He's usually the nickel in this situation. But check it out. Check out all the eye candy. First of all, Creed Humphrey, one of the baddest dudes in the league right now, playing center, right? Hell yeah. He's got to get over here. What? It's a long way to go. Between him and Trey Smith, who we talked about earlier on the show, former six-round pick, who is a dog, ends up coming here. They got a scoop block on Linval Joseph, one of the best players I ever played against in the middle of the line. And they got to work a scoop. He's got to get underneath and get all the way to here. We get Orlando kicking out. We get Thune kicking out. We get a nice cutoff on the backside. Check out the eye candy. He's going back. He's going. Look at the DB running oh, with yeah. him. Vacates. Knows he's going to do that. Creed bypasses. 
goes to CJG. Did I say oh, that right? GJ, CGJ. GJ. CJGJ. And he just erases some and Pacheco in the open field. I mean. He's a freak. Look at this. Kick out. Look at this. Look how he gets leverage. He plays backdoor, climbs, and we got a big gaping hole. That's a monster hole in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Didn't expect this from the Chiefs, I don't think, going into the season or into the game. Orlando Brown Jr. said, we heard all of it. Mm -hmm. We heard all of it. We heard what AQ was saying about the other offense. Exactly. Line. He heard all the bopping that was done on the Eagles O-line. A lot of Eagles O-line and D-line bopping. Yeah, happening. it was ridiculous. You're welcome, a You're welcome Chiefs. AQ, both those guys resetting their respective markets, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. When it comes time, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're both in year two. Yeah, same which year. Which is insane. Mm -hmm. yep. That's an unbelievable O-line draft class. Probably one of the best, if not the best guard in his draft class. Oh! Doesn't go till the six-round medical issues. He says, fuck it. We're doing this damn thing. No medical issues for me. I'm just becoming one of the best guards in the league. I mean, look at that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's perfect. That's Linval Joseph. That's a big, that's no very joke. good football player. Incredible. Incredible job by those guys all game long. AJ, they felt disrespected, didn't they? Yeah, I guess AQ also, the fact that they're going to run against that eight-man box, that's, that takes balls, doesn't it? And obviously that misdirection helps a little bit. That's the whole key, right? It's, it's the misdirection. It's also a nickel defense. So regardless if there's eight in the box, if, if it's eight and you got two of them as safeties, we're still feeling pretty good about life. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, we get a little trap coming. We get a little Ooh. trap coming in the second quarter. Check this out. Creed comes back, and Dominican tries to beat him up the field. He makes his block easy for him. He gets Sue, just kind of walls him here. We're going to get big Trey when he pulls. He had a lot in this game. When he pulls, he pulls with violence, and we are pulling right here. These two are going to bluff the D lineman right here, and they're going to handle both backers. Boom to there. He's going to bluff and get to 57. We don't even need to block him because the trap keeps him wide. That's how this play is blocked. If the field doesn't suck... He might hit his head on the goalpost right here, but he trips. Right there. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, in the paint. On the paint. Thanks a lot, Sodfather. Oh, uh, 94 years old, the guy doing the grass. Yeah, AQ, would you take him out back or what? Whoa, 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 whoa. I was just asking the question. The guy did a lot for football. He did. I just had in such a hard 1920s. time. It, took, it really did. When I watched the coach's tape, it took away from this game because you saw both the lines completely neutralized because – they couldn't get out of their stance. When they tried to turn the edge, they just wipe out. It was, it was tough to watch. Hey, there, can, you, can you explain? Can you explain how big a deal it is for like the D lineman that first get off? Right? Isn't that what they can't really trust their footing there? Exactly. That's the whole thing. And I'm not even kidding you. I saw Hargraves literally jetted up with his foot back, goes to push off, slides out, and falls on his face. Not just once, numerous times in this game. They they all had a play, literally super soft coming out of their stance and then boom you get big holes like this hell yeah hmm. McKinnon dog dog they another, got a lot of great dogs. another free agent oh I love this play first of all I think they copied this play from San Fran the week before ooh copycat league I think they copied it not from a San bad Fran. idea yeah like smart you, whenever you Pretty get this game. so whenever you get this play this is a it's, it's really a second option to the counter. Whenever you run the counter, you should be coming to the open side. A lot of teams started doing this this year. San Fran had it a lot last week where you get tight end wing to the same side. But what matchup do we hate? Tight end DN. Tight end DN. So we're going to bluff him. We're going to get the down block going to here. Our pullers are going to go for here and here because you're pulling two guys. And then we're going to get Kelsey 
bluffing, going to a corner, and he can just ragdoll him if he wanted to. This is awesome. And wait till you see the setup. Watch him bluff. Watch what it does to him. And then watch Big Trey Smith pulling with reckless abandon. What? Look at him. Turns Ooh, uh -oh. oh, gee. Oh. And then Travis Kelsey blocking tight end. Blocking. Blocking. The, how are they? How do they know when they're uh, kind of giving the hey, let's let this guy score? Yeah, is it no is it clear that like hey, these guys aren't trying? Just that last wall, right there. Great design, though, is what you're saying, huh? Great design. They get him there, and then the wherewithal for McKinnon to get there and slide. People don't realize how big of a play that is. They take a couple kneels. He goes into the end zone. The Eagles have a minute and 38 left to go win the game. Yeah, they go, they're aggressive, too. They go for two. Zito, great work, bud. I just seen it. That a baby. What's up, Z? Hey, Zito. Hi, baby Z. Sorry about that. But anyways, um, guys dreamt of scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl his whole life. Literally. You know how many parlays Jerick McKinnon touchdown was in? Oh, my God. How Millions. About, how about old cuz that landed um, uh, half in short there in that first drive for, before Jalen? Kenneth Gamewell, yeah. Oh, my God. He was like plus 500 to score. The first touchdown, too. I couldn't even imagine. Oh, first touchdown, I think he was like plus 3,000. So this is a heads-up play that isn't always made. No. Especially no. because humans have egos and pride and everything like that. Unbelievable wherewithal from a captain of the team in the biggest moment. And I think it was Orlando Brown who brought it up, the guy who got dragged into the, uh, in the Super Bowl a few years ago. I Brett Veach brought that up. Yeah, yeah Brett Veach, yeah. I believe that was Eagles-Patriots. Uh, Patriots, I think it was Dante Hightower, drags running back into end zone. Yo, Patriots get the ball back down eight. They don't end up winning, obviously. Six slide, too. Baseball player, for sure. Pretty wild. And just so we're clear, even if he would have slid into the end zone, it's where you start the slide. Because you gave yourself up. Gave this yourself is the quarterback up. slide thing with the ball. Because he went out of bounds, too, afterwards. I'm like, oh, they could fuck him, AJ. I thought they might fuck him. And like, oh, we'll stop the Ooh. clock because nobody yeah. touched him. You know what I mean? Yeah, just a That would have been a tough one. They, yeah. The refs would be, people would be pretty upset at that one, too, I would imagine. <laughs> I think so. For people uh, watching. Good ref here. Yeah, good, good thing they got it right there. Was that the ref that made the holding call? Probably, huh? Yeah. I mean, how about the discipline to not score right there? Yeah, right? That's genius. That'd be tough to do, man. That's that's tough to do. Very that's tough. Hey, we heard Orlando Brown talk about this earlier. I love this scheme. First of all, this is like 1942 Navy Army game right Hell here. Hell yeah! You gotta love the fact that Andy Reid, one of the biggest moments of the game, short yardage play, boom, puts it in. Here's what we're gonna do. A lot of times when they do this, Mahomes real quick looks like he's rolling out, and you get the handoff underneath to Pacheco, and it should be hitting right there. Watch how he plays it, because that's what he thinks is going to happen. He dives down inside, makes the block for the fullback, cuts him, boom. Look at, go back, look at the game of inches. Look how close these two go when they run into each other. He's pulling for the corner. He's pulling for the linebacker. And when they do this, oh, look how close that is. Now, watch Dude. this. Sky Moore coming in, knows it's man coverage. He takes two for one. Sets up the block for Thune. Thune comes around. This guy comes back. He's already got leverage. There it is. Thune's block's made. Rookie. Sky Moore. Yeah. Ooh. That's a huge block. Huge. And then there's Trey cleaning up when he comes around on the linebacker. I mean, it's this is such a well-blocked play and such a big moment in that game. Great tackle. AQ, how you like uh, Thune's sweet right stiff arm right there? It's all, he, it's all he had to get on the dude when he's coming around the edge. Here That's it. That's Joe's it. Joe's genius. Just long arm him. 
keep running. Heck, it would have been even cooler. He long arms him right there and goes and gets the safety coming down. How awesome would that have been? That would have been a hell of a fucking play for guys 300 pounds. This yeah. is Joe's yeah. third Super Bowl win as well. Third. Third, yeah. This is Dog. Sky Moore, though. Dog. A, Sky Moore is a rookie. Think of making that block third and one. He knows the stage he is on. That's Small. a huge play. Yeah. Small, undersized guy. Look at him. Awesome. Every good man t get one. Every great man get two. Look at the leverage everywhere. Sealed. He's going to get around. Sealed. He gets sealed. Every single person is on the right side of their guy. That okay. is how you win a Super Bowl, yeah. my friends. CJ GJ also was laying the wood. He had that hit on Pacheco earlier in the game mm -hmm. that caused Pacheco to, you know, need a second, gain his breath back. Yeah. What do we got here? Oh, mm -hmm. we got this one again. No. Is this a new one? No. Keep going. Should be on to the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is the proper last one yeah says the proper last for one. your guys with how the year has gone within the trenches and the teams that have been highlighting and the players that we have seen week in week out on in the trenches this is the perfect play to wrap up this season's in the trenches don't you think aq we would be remiss yes to not mm -hmm. mention what a year jason kelsey had not only what a year what a career maybe if this is his last game that he ever plays he played out of his fucking mind the entire game. Let's just watch how my man pulls around for number 50, Gay, the linebacker, and doesn't slow down at all as he decleats him moving on to the second level. This is incredible. It's almost like he gets a little more depth right there knowing I got another yard to come downhill and watch this right shoulder. Boom. Ooh, oh damn. Doesn't even slow down. Look at him. He's, he's saying something. Yeah, he knows. He knows, it. He knows it. He knows it. He knows what just I'm happened. Locked in. He knows it. What a year, huh? What a year. What a fucking year by this offensive line. Yeah. It was fun to watch this group right here. Really was. They had a. Uh, I think AQ posted on his social media as well. They had. I think it was Mylotta and uh, Dickerson on the left side on a down block. Oh yeah. I mean, they took a guy seven yards oh, back. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're the ability that Mylotta and Dickerson have on their deuce blocks. We saw it last week with the 49ers. They did the same thing early in the game, which got the Eagles down to the one-yard line. Yes, that's what it was. Before the quarterback sneak from Hurts. Yeah. Yep. AJ, what are you doing there? Ain't nothing you can do about it, huh? Jason Kelsey's leverage and speed and ability. Why? But, especially when he probably – I don't know if he – had a good angle to even see Kelsey coming for him. Man, that's just – You think he potentially thought this was his guy? That guy's blocking in there. And honestly, yeah. he thought he was getting underneath it. Honestly, Dickerson, in a lot of schemes, they're telling Dickerson to take him yeah. first color, boom, and then Kelsey read off, right? Yeah. This is incredible the trust they have with one another. Where did they use the D line more to try and neutralize the read option? Because it felt like they didn't really run the read option as much as before. Or through the ball. Yeah, I felt like Hertz didn't um, pull the ball in the read option. So, more. AJ, correct me if you think. If, if, if I'm wrong on this, but this is what I saw when I watched this film. He took those guys. If we remember last week, right, we were sitting those guys and playing them over the top, right, yeah. the linebackers. Fred right. Warner. This mm -hmm. week, Spags was sending these guys downhill to get these guys off their double teams quicker and then playing the safeties on the read options. All his whole goal was was how do we stop zones? Penetration. So we get penetration, we get linebackers downhill, downhill, downhill. Even though Kelsey just decleated him right there, we got a bunch of bodies moving yeah. this way up the field. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, look at Bolton's flying too. And they had what Frank Clark is sitting backside for Jalen. If you run it to the top, yeah, well, you'll he, see he's sitting like his responsibility is, hey, Jalen, if he keeps this thing, we need your your big athletic body to take this dude down in the open field. 100%. And then they were handling Watching it with safeties sick. scraping over the top as well. Yep. Bolton had a hell of a game too, man. Credit yeah, to him. he's so good. Almost Jeez. had two. He had a stop. Could have been Super Bowl MVP if they would have given him that one. Yeah. I think they give it to Mahomes regardless. But, yes, would certainly yeah. have an argument for the rest of his life in every conversation he's ever been in. I mean, you talk about scoring a touchdown, you know, in the Super Bowl for McKinnon. Can you imagine what that's like for a middle linebacker? Oh, smooth. And then he scooped yeah. up a second one. And he's getting, he gets another one. Like, <laughs> yeah. He just scored two touchdowns Holy in the Super shit. Bowl. Hold on. Seattle Seahawks linebacker. Uh, Malcolm Smith. He was Smith, yeah. He, he was won. the MVP, yeah. yeah he, won he was the MVP. MVP. Yep. Should we have known then? Hmm. Hmm. Peyton Manning playing that team as well. Yeah. First score being a safety, I believe, is plus 20,000. How about the center? Snapped That's over a tough his head. game for a center. Yep. Yeah. Tough game for a center. 110 million probably watching Snapped it. Snapped it over yeah. his head, right? Damn. First play. Over Best head? offense yeah. in the history of the NFL that year. Yeah. Hey, hell of a run this year, pal. Hell of a run. Thank you, Great Jason. podcast. Incredible fucking season on the field. You went to a Super Bowl. I heard him mic'd up telling his brother, go celebrate, dude. Because Travis said, I don't, I don't even know what to tell you, man. He said, go celebrate. Congratulations. Yeah, awesome. Every moment was fantastic. And so was In the Trenches this year. Hell AJ, yeah. would you like to say anything as we wrap up this final In the Trenches of the season? I mean, I thought we all learned a lot. I know I definitely learned a lot. And I've talked to AQ about this. Like, people don't know much about protections, especially in the NFL. There's so many moving parts. There's so many, like, like AQ just showed in that thing. Like, they have to trust each other so much. It's really cool because we don't ever see that. No one really talks about, like, high-level O-line play because none of us understand it. So, yeah, and I feel, thank like, you, I feel like we're all much smarter this year than we've ever been watching football. Absolutely. I feel like other people were watching it as well. Your peers were complimentary, which I know meant more than anything else, but that was cool. hell of a year out of you, Alan. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it, man. And why don't you do something for the people on your way out? All right, mm -hmm. let's do it. What are you doing? You tell me. What do you want to do? Oh. You're staring down the green. Hmm. <sighs> AQ's a good pickleball player, too. People might not realize. What do you want to do? I think we're going to throw wow. to the yellow net. Let's okay. Go. There you go, Al. How many winners, AJ, if AQ Shipley on this final day of the NFL season is able to make that football right there in one of those holes? 13 winners. Okay, lucky number 13. 500 other winners. If AQ Shipley is able to drain this football into any of the holes on that net right over there. Most Should Mitt stab it to him? Uh, Mitt, maybe. Maybe under center or shotgun. No, shotgun probably. Mitt knows how to. Mitt's yeah, got a good shotgun snap, don't you, Mitt? Uh, yeah, I mean, my dad was a special teams coach. I know a long snap. Like, yeah, oh, of course, oh, dude. Yeah. Bingo. Born in it. Hey, you know what, Mitt? Why don't you? Yeah, long snap that Why don't you good. go out? Yes. There baby, it is. Baby tone. Hey, you should probably go wide going, on the on the front one. Hold on. This, Mick, this go, go out a little bit. Yeah, there it is. Get that hey. sweet hair. Show that sweet yes. hair. Yes. Did Tone get that lap band surgery already? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that, this is not Tone Diggs, and Tone is not doing that, I don't think. But this is Mitt McMahon. Here we go. Who is a member of the Hammer Down program. If this ball touches the ground, no attempt. Never. I think you have to move a little further. I think you have to move a little bit further. There it is. There it is. Now we got a good, like, 13 yards yeah. here. Careful with the hat. This one has to come out straight. If Mitt can complete a long snap to AQ and then AQ can throw the ball into that net right over there into one of the holes, 13 people, $500, who retweet to say something nice to somebody and put their cash tag in the same place so we can pay them fishing on Cash App. Go ahead. Hey! 
Oh, no. Jeez, Louise. Oh, what? Oh, boy. All right, you'll get one more opportunity. I think he's... That, he your dad is throwing up somewhere right yeah, he's now. He's probably fishing right now. He doesn't even know this is taking place, oh, but he would boy. be embarrassed. I think sure. he's been over too long. All the blood rushed yeah. to his fucking head. Yeah, man. Mitch, stand back up, pal. Stand back up. Let's take a breather here. All right. This is it. That was that tough. This is it. That Snap kid. that fucker back, Mitch. Let's go, Mitch. Fire that fucking pigskin. Hit. Boy. Hit. Oh. Sure. Good catch. Catches it. Good catch. Athlete. Now, if he can make it into a hole, 13 people, $500. Oh, it looked good. Jesus yeah, looked good, though. It looked, it looked good. pretty good. It did. Got two more balls down there. That means yeah. two more snaps. Uh -oh, it's a good Mitt. snap, Mitt. Mitt, this third one has to be Chris. Ladies and gentlemen, if this snap is completed to AQ and then AQ can put the ball in the hole right over there, 13 people, $500 to retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put the cash tag in the same reply so we can pay your fish on a cash app. Hey, Mitt. Nice snap from there Mitt. There it is. Actually, it was rather ugly, but he got the job done. AQ. Oh, that was a dart. Tries to hit the fire. That's one of the nicest throws you've ever had. Dang. Oh, I felt good about that one. First what one. What a throw. You ripped. That was on a rope. No First one was a little warm-up. Second one, I got the feel. Last here attempt here. Come on. If Mick can snap this ball successfully to AQ Shipley and then he can throw the ball into a hole, 13 people, $500. Kyler Murray's Katie. Who retweet this video. Oh, no. It's over. Jeez. It's over. Didn't see it. Audible. False start. Oh, you got to move oh, up there. He's got to move, move further. Up, you got to move further then. That might help with this last snap. Hey, that was your best looking snap, although it was nowhere near. No, no, no. You got five yards, Mitt. Keep Go going. Other, uh, other side of the key. Other side of the key. Here we go. There's the pickleball net sitting oh, in the middle of our Thunderdome pickleball oh, court. I'm scared oh, for these lights. Hold on, AQ Shipley. Uh, if Mitt can complete this 20-yard long snap, and AQ can throw a ball into that net right over there, 15 people, $500, who retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put the cash tag in the same reply so we can pay you 50 on Cash App. Said it! What a Good snap! snap! Holy hell! AQ Shipley! Boo! It's a Boo. tough throw. Fuck. That was what Mitt said. Uh, snap of a basketball. What an asshole I make you drain a three. Did you hear? Hey, Mitt, great work, Good Mitt. snap, Mitt. That was your best one. Nothing you could do, Mitt. Oh, oh. I thought All that right, was it. I think you could kick that big ball. He's strong enough to knock it off the tee. How much that. does that thing weigh? It's 200 uh, pounds. It's it's pretty secure in there with, I believe, Gorilla Glue. Yep. I'm not sure you're going to be able to beat Gorilla It's almost a ton. What a bad showing. Phil, <laughs> Phil, you're welcome. Shut up, Phil. How about... How about a couple of putts? All right. Yeah. Here we go. We're back in the game. Here we go, AQ. Back in the game. We're back in the game. Boom. Last show before we take a week and a half off. We do apologize for the fact that we're lazy, but we can't wait to reset and refresh. Going into the break, it would only be right if AQ Shipley was to bury two of these five putts and 15 people won $500 who retweeted this video, said something nice to somebody, and put the cash tag in the same reply so we could pay you. Officially on Cash App, AQ Shipley from about nine feet. Oh, it's butter. Oh, Pull man. hard. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Good aggressive line. Yeah, he was going for it. Certainly going for it. Was not going to be short. The gorilla lines up for number two. Oh, man, he missed it right. This Pushes time. it right. Must go two of three here. All right, AQ. Lock AQ. in Come on, here. Q. Come on. All right. Certainly doable. It's You've gone bad. two for two. No problem at all before. AQ Shipley. Oh, geez, you got to hit the ball. From Moon. Got to hit. Got to hit the ball. Now we know what the line is. Aq. Uh -huh. Aj. Anything to say to Aq here as he's lining up? His body language is not good right now. It's nope. Good. We're back. 
No, I think he feels good. He's going to make them both. Had a baby AQ. He's going to go two for two here and 15 people. $500. There's there one. There it is. Boom. Oh, jeez. Oh, that thing must have hit a rock or something. Oh, that was such a good oh, line. There are no rocks on the green. Oh, my God. I do not know how that took place. Train this one. If AQ can make this putt. Boom, boom. Yes. Ten people. $500. Oh, jeez. Oh. Who falls oh. short on a fifth putt? We're all kind of bummed footballs ever, aren't we? Yeah, it's super over. bummed. That's kind of what we're watching here. And, yeah. and this is the sport we're on to, basically. I guess. Because yeah. Masters is the next big event. Has that before. come out yet? The Netflix thing? Uh, 15th? When's that? Tomorrow? Comes out tomorrow, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, for six, over this six. guy. Had to go two of five. Come back the other way. Drain one the other no, way. I hey, don't why don't know. you come all over this thing? <laughs> 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 What, what do you want to do here? What are you doing? I'm back. Give us a realistic two, two, expectation. Two out of three going the same what? spot. Are you okay. sure? How many you people? You just missed six. Yeah, well, those don't matter. Take it easy. What you did yesterday <laughs> doesn't matter today. Your past is your past. Your present is a gift. If AQ can go two or three here after Not missing six close. straight. Not even close. Seven straight. If AQ can go two for two here after missing seven straight, ten people, $500. That might retweet be this that tweet. Might be it. Say something nice to somebody. Okay. And oh. put their cash tag in the same reply so we can pay you officially on Cash App. Will there be 10 winners of $500 as we go into the break? He, he came up short again. No, he would have went in. I don't know. I just pushed it to the right. I, I stink. This is, this is brutal. Where's Mitt? Let Mitt hit a couple. It's more of a uh, drive and stick. Bruce is a new man after pickleball. What if what if AQ can score one point against Bill in pickleball? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can't use my paddle. Nope. No way. They're over, oh, there. over there. We They're didn't tell there. him the rules, though. He doesn't know the rules of Thunderdome pickleball. So now we got to do a full explanation. I can figure it out. I think I got it. All right. Bill doesn't <laughs> know the rules either. I don't think All right. Bill. All right, Bill. Bill go, go get a go paddle. Get a, come on, go Bill. Go get a paddle or a racket or something like that. That was one of the worst performances on the of all time, on the all year, all, all year. time. Yeah, we don't want to talk. Listen, to I already told you. Oh, I mean, he's, he's got ears in. Still. My mind's in the gutter. I didn't know he How had come? ears in. How come? No more football. Oh no. Yeah, I, I can understand. That. I think you should. Can we zoom out? Look down. Fr from that one. Oh. Is that corner camera? Bill's coming in hot. No, Zito. What, what are all the cameras we have? There. That oh. a baby, ZD baby. Good find here. Good eye, Connor. All right, so the uh, top of that circle that your arc you're standing on right there is the back line. The top of the key there is the beginning of the kitchen. Uh, and the same thing on foul line, uh, the paint is the width. All right. You just got to bank on it because the net is not as wide as the, All right. as the paint. So yep. a lot of gentlemen's rules here. Come on, right. Bill. One point you got to score. Ten people. Don't make it easy. $500 who retweet this video. Say something nice to somebody and put the cash tag in the same reply so we can pay him officially on Cash App. Good luck, gentlemen. Oh, no. If he does, if he go, if he, uh, Here we go. Here if we he go. goes over to him. We have fault in the, in the, in the Thunderdome. We might have to cancel. Thunderdome pickleball. Yeah! Yeah! Thank you, 10 people. $500 to retweet this tweet, say something nice to somebody, and put their cash tag in the same reply so we can pay them officially wow. on Cash App. Sorry to celebrate your loss there, Bill, but congratulations, AQ. Nice. You did Fire. it. We'll you got go a successful out. outcome in a sporting event in the Thunderdome on this February 14th. It's a great grip. Proud of you, man. Ooh. Yeah, we got, sent a bunch, we got sent a bunch of paddles here, and we can't thank them enough. Also, AJ, we can't thank you enough, bud. Hell of a season out of you. Hey, boy, AJ.
Thank you. It was fun, man. It was fun being out in Phoenix for a week. It was a long time, but it went fast, obviously. I'm glad we found pickleball. That really, really helped Game you know, bring everybody together, I think. I think it's going to help the offseason as well. I think pickleball is yeah. going to help the offseason. AJ, you've had... Tape, tape a line on there. Tape some lines on the court. We will, yeah. yeah. We, uh, we we just don't have... Uh, We're on the other half of the net. Was, yeah, well, also, we don't have athletic tape just sitting around, which would be the perfect tape for this. And we're leaving today, so. Some gaffer's tape. We're trying to figure out whether or not how much, you know, customization do we want to do this yep. before Ooh. people are actually putting in lines, I think. Exactly. You know, yeah. so we just kind of mailed it in a little bit. But you, could we, tape two, you could tape two courts up there sideways. Think, so we also got Jabba here. Like, so we got that camera up there, obviously, which is a good wide shot. We got Jabba right here that can face that way and move with the action. I feel like we're going to have – Pretty solid pickleball content coming out I agree. this offseason. Awesome. Yeah. Fastest, what do people say? Fastest growing sport right now? Yeah, lacrosse kind of got cucked there, I believe. Yeah, lacrosse, yeah, lacrosse made got, it, though. That's why. You know, lacrosse hasn't even made it to the West Coast. Well, lacrosse is Dippin' Dots. You know, Dippin' Dots was the ice cream mm -hmm. of the future, the ice cream of the future, the ice cream of the future. Everybody's still eating actual ice cream, but when you have Dippin' Dots, you go, oh, not bad. But you don't go out of your way for it. That's lacrosse. Yeah. When you watch a lacrosse game or get caught in a lacrosse game, it's like, oh, not bad. But I'm still going to get an ice cream. You know what I mean? Still going to football. Yeah. Still going to probably be watching other sports. Yeah. But mm -hmm. if I'm watching it, I'm enjoying it. Just like I did with Dippin' Dots, who was calling themselves the ice cream of the future. Lacrosse was the sport of the future. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I think oh, they're right. the same company. Okay. Really tied it together. Thank you for explaining that. No problem. I get it. Dippin' Dots are great, by the way. Dippin' Dots are really good. Unbelievable. Cookies and cream. Oh. The fruit, like the, the fruit medley one they have that's like oh. multicolored. That's really good. They used to have it down at Kennywood. I fucking... Anytime, oh. got a chance to get the cookies and cream. Dipping dots. There was a line. The, Love the beach work. water park. That's where I'd get them. Only place I'd ever get them. Dude, Six flags. Potato patch down there at Kennywood. You get the mm -hmm. best fries on earth with ever. cheese, and then you go ahead and scoot over to Old Kennywood. And on the way, Dipping Dots is right there on a walk-in. Yeah, I'll pay you, nice. I guess, twenty-seven dollars. My parents will go <laughs> even more broke for this fucking ice cream of the future, but it's good. You know what I mean? They got you. Pickleball is the real deal. Mm -hmm. It's part of the future, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big fan. Because the people that are interested in it have a lot of say. Yeah, heavy hitters. Like with networks and stuff. So I think it's going to be, you know what I mean? It's got to make it good. It's got to be good for to watch. Like sometimes the high-level stuff isn't as fun to watch because they was dink and dunk all day and they're real skilled. Oh, so you're bored with watching the pickleball highlights, it no, sounds like. some of it. I'm saying I wanna, you need to find a way to watch it where you don't have any personal connection. Like I always think about that. If I, would I watch this if I didn't know anyone personally in this match or in this thing and that's what i'm trying to figure are out. are you saying the pros are too good yeah kind of because they sit there in front of the kitchen just dink doom doom and it's like they don't make yeah. any mistakes it's it's like game. it's fun to watch it's fun to watch you know phil dive 62 times in a game and roll and it's fun to do that it was know? unbelievable watching phil mains cfo phil play because i don't think he won a game right he won one they won yeah, one he did. oh he they did. did they but he every point was game point Phil. Grinder. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, he was diving he was in rocks oh, at yeah. one point to make plays. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It was good to see, actually. It was incredible. Sweet. That was young. Mm -hmm. That's what CFO Phil was like back in the day. Just dog. That's what he that's what he was. Hockey, football, I love everything it. he put, baseball, everything he played, he was like that. So then when that pickleball action got going, and I see this dude flat backing on like cement, yeah. I'm like, here we go. And then rolling up onto his feet, I'm like, here we go. Good place. Darius was like, Phil, all over the top five. Not a single win, but all over the mm -hmm. top five. We're talking diving. That's why I wanted to play with him, because I knew he'd go all out, and I could just Give 100%. sit pretty. Max effort. He's, he, you play pickup basketball. You running? 
you know, you ask the other person, Phil was always running. Probably smacking the ground, playing tight D. Hell yeah. Coming off screens. Taking charges. Need those guys. Yeah. Need boxing those people guys. out. Moving them 12 feet backwards, boxing you out. Yeah, yeah they're doing triathlons, those mm-hmm. people. <laughs> and that's actually what Phil is doing. Yeah, Spartan race. Yeah, we, not all of us have that. Not all of us have that. Some of us are, uh, we're going three-point line, three-point line? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Don't even have to act like I'm going into paint. Like that, these ankles will thank you as well. Just like we'll thank everybody for watching us all season. We'll be back, not the next month, not next Monday, the following Monday. AJ. And today is Tuesday, so yes. Yeah, so long break. This is the longest we've taken? Yes. Yes, by a lot. Uh, We're losing it. That's I what guess, I thought. No, I guess uh, Tahoe last year. Tahoe. Yeah, that was a little bit. I don't know. Who knows? Bruce just asked me a question in my ear. He has access to that. Uh, and somebody just took a big swallow out of that something. Who was that? I don't know who that was. That, Thank you. I forgot I got bottle. this thing on still. That thing came. <laughs> I, I mean, that on. thing was out of the. Whoa. <laughs> I felt Whoa. like I was in his throat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. When's the Ohio State cruise, AJ? Right when we get back. Time's up really good for, for us. For oh, me. so you're going to be off that week? Yeah, I think we leave Monday morning. Oh, but no. We're only, we're only going to half of it. We're not going to the whole thing. How many days? Four, I believe. We come back in the fourth, fourth day. All right, we'll figure it out. We should have managed. I wish that it better. timed up. I wish it timed up with it, but it's yeah, yeah. You're raising money, of course. You're out on a boat. You're with a bunch of Ohio fucks. You gotta do what you gotta do. Is Urban gonna be there? Is Urban Meyer there? I don't know. I don't believe so. Tell him we know. said hello. You know. Okay, I'll make sure I do. If I if I run into him. Tell him I said hello. Never talk to pre- him. He'll appreciate that. I don't think so. I'll be excited to see his reaction, though. If you could read his reaction, too. You know, we're just mm-hmm. talking about cards. Read his mm-hmm. reaction whenever you say that I say hello. Yeah. Film it. Because we had hurt. Don't need oh, to do definitely that. film it. Definitely film it. Don't need to film hey, it. Hey, coach, what's up? Holding my phone. That's usually yeah, that's right the thing I like to do. Was there any awkward moments at Radio Row? I don't think so. Nope, none. Mm, just no. your brief. Oh, Gary V. Gary V. and Ty. When Gary V. said, I hear everything. And, like, pointed at Ty. <laughs> yeah, they dapped up after though, and they hugged each other. Yeah, so so that wasn't awkward. And he's gonna he's gonna buy the jet soon. He already and when Connor asked the question, Bob Parsons was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, Bob Parsons <laughs> almost took my head off. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, Vietnam vet going. Is this the dumbest fucking guy? Yeah, <laughs> he knew. <laughs> so your to, course hey. has the waste management. Is this guy I was wondering the whole time too, though. Say? I huh? kept glancing down. I kept glancing down at the sheet. I'm like, I don't think that's the course that waste management is on. I, so, I'm, like, I'm gonna stay away from that one. I wrote the stuff on the sheet, and I still have. So just to follow up, I wasn't 100 percent sure either. Body language from him knew immediately. Immediately told oh, yeah. me. Now I was staying away from it the entire. If you heard yeah. my entire conversation with him, because I wasn't 100 percent sure, staying away. Yeah. You said fuck it. Somebody needs to ask this question. Yeah, well, we were 50 minutes in to a conversation with a guy I didn't know. It was either how many people you kill in Vietnam or that. So I went with the second one. Or a radio roll. Exactly. Can't be either asking. one. Either Can't one. Be asking works. the first one. Hey, what's your body count, man? Yeah, bingo. That's why I went with Waste Manager. Hey, he was awesome. Great guy. He's the man. He was great. He was. What do you do? Ayahuasca? Then mushrooms. Uh, then oh, day off green. He was putting on the greens. The grass was telling him where to putt it. Yeah. And then he did LSD. Yep. Hell yeah. And he said what? He got back from Vietnam and whatever, and it took him 38 years or 48? 48. 48. 48 years to come back. Come home. And he thanks the. Uh, uh, How to change your mind guy. Yeah. It's amazing. You think he can get us uh, whatever, whenever he, you remember he said on day three when he was putting 
and the grass was talking to him and like telling him telling the ball to go in can we get some of that for tahoe this year maybe yeah, so for what three is, straight days is that that vape you're talking about the DMT. The DMT thing? No, I don't know. What he, what did he do? Day, he said like LSD was day two, I think. No, no. LSD was day four. Ayahuasca, I think, mm. was day one. Mushrooms was day two. So Dang I think it, it was maybe oh. an ayahuasca mushrooms concoction. Take that. The but he was off of like, Thursday. It was, yeah, there you go. And see how it goes. It was mushroom tea, wasn't it? Was that day three? Drink the whole pot. No, it was day, day three. Day three, he was off. Oh. Day two, it was yeah. mushrooms, uh -huh. I think. I was fascinated mm. by it because it was like down to a science. Like, all right, night one. You're going to puke your brains out and trip your balls off. Yep. Then we're going to do mushroom tea. It's not going to taste good at all, but that's going to get you to kind of open your mind a little bit more from the ayahuasca. Then we're not going to, we're not just going to kill, day off. Mm -hmm. Go do what you love. Well, I'm going to go golf. Good. Go golf. Probably have the best round you ever had. And then we're going to close up with fucking LSD at the end. It's like, what a. Pretty sweet. It was a science, obviously. There was a formula. Hey, this is what we're going to do. And it worked for him. I could imagine it helps for a lot more people. I think he's donating money, right, to try to get that into, like, actual protocol, I think. He's, like, trying I to think, change. Yeah. There's a lot of studies like that trying to help vets and people with PTSD come. To, like, MDMA is big for that. I respect the hell out of anybody that's a self-made billionaire <laughs> and that isn't scared to try something to get better as a human, which is what he – that was a big leap, I assume, for, for him. Sure. To go yeah. and do that. His generation with those things as well. And then, yeah, and then try to help. Yeah. Shout out to him for stopping by. He also by. said best interview in 10 years. Whoa. That was awesome. Thank you to him for giving us the conversation. A lot of good convos on this show. We'll continue to try to do that during the offseason. I think we're pitched fucking Jason Statham. Ooh, yeah. What? So I have no idea what this offseason is going to look like, but that was yes. pitched. Like, that's going to happen. We'll talk about sports, obviously, that we are a sports show. We are a mental vacation for people. But I think with where our show is now, as opposed to where we maybe once were, there's a chance we're going to get some hilarious guests this offseason. So I yeah. think everybody during this time off should get pretty pumped up about what this offseason will be like. I was, I was hating it for a while. Week 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 playoffs. I was waking up in the morning, going into the shower, thinking to myself, we are only a couple months away from having to talk about bullshit, mm -hmm. okay? Which is what the off season is filled of with sport. But now as we're getting into it, and obviously you have to have the mindset like it's gonna happen, so let's do it, like naturally I'm gonna have to do that. I've gotten really excited about what these next couple months are going to look like for our program. Not only the growth of pickleball and what content's going to come from that sure. and what we're going to be able to do here, but the people that are being pitched to come on the program, AJ, remember in the past you've said people should want to come on the show, and I'm like, that is not how this is at all or has been. It is kind of like that now. So I think we're going to have some fucking epic convos, very stupid, and I think we'll be a good mental vacation whenever we get back from our vacation. I'm very excited, very thankful. You all kicked ass this year to the boys that aren't here and already had pre-planned, not their fault at all trips. I appreciate the hell out of you guys. Gumpy in Canada, hell of a fucking season, pal. You've cut. We've missed the hell out of you. Can't wait to get you back into the States whenever the hell that takes place. To everybody that has helped us, including Casey with our TikTok, who I'd never really chat about or have met in person yet. Thank you all so, so much. Our significant others, thank you all so much. To the people that watch, thank you all so much. We're going on break. We'll see you on the other side with better tans, and I'll probably weigh 20 to 30 pounds more. <laughs> you all are the greatest humans on earth. I hope you remind yourselves of that, and I hope you tell other people that. We have no clue what tomorrow will bring, literally, figuratively. There's potentially UFOs flying in the sky. Let's try to enjoy every fucking day, and we'll see you not next Monday, but the Monday after that, we love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you then. Goodbye.